Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz, here to get you through your workday. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Good afternoon, it's uh, three minutes past midday with Stephen McIver in for Staffy today. Thanks for having it at me for three hours at least and getting in on your afternoon. 0800 150 is the number to call. 0800 150 or you can text on the Temper Bedpost text line 8833. Anything we are going to talk about this afternoon. You may have heard, or if you didn't, uh, with Ricardo just before midday today. This afternoon we are going to be talking to Eric Murray, and that's after 2 o'clock today about a group called the Athletes Collective taking on, taking on, that's right, a high-performance sport in New Zealand, trying to get a ruling from the High Court about whether or not the contracts that they are making athletes sign, or athletes have to sign if they want the money, uh, whether they are an employer or not an employer, because if you are an employer, then it brings in a whole lot of terms and conditions and rights that um, an employee is able to look at. And it's, it's going to be a very interesting situation that could unfold because it could change the whole funding landscape for athletes that aren't in a professional environment. So we'll get Eric's thoughts on that after 2 o'clock this afternoon. Wayne Barton is a, a writer and author of some 20 books on Manchester United. Looking forward to this because he is such a Manchester United fan and, and we're talking years, over the years... And we're going to get his read on the whole Ronaldo situation and also also the sale, the potential sale now of Manchester United. And after one o'clock, looking forward to talking to Mark Sorensen, coach of the seven-time world champion Black Sox, who opened their campaign against Czechoslovakia this coming Saturday in another edition of the Softball World Club, 12, Cup. Twelve nations all going for glory. And it really is a lot of fun. If you get the chance to go up to Rosedale Park on Auckland's North Shore, uh, take it in for a day. They have two diamonds operating. It'll be a whole lot of fun. And if you want to watch it on the telly, it's on Fakata Māori in uh, 2022. So a lot to look forward to. Anyway, let's see what you're thinking about right now with the midday madness. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. It is 12.06, and there are a couple of things I want you to think about and then get on the blower. 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. The first one, shock horror probe. No supercar race next year in New Zealand. The calendar came out, and guess what was missing? 
New Zealand. Not Pukekohe, because that's done and dusted, but New Zealand. Now, a lot of talk in motor racing circles was that it probably should be going to Hampton Downs. But is Hampton Downs ready? Because you've got to remember a couple of things here. A lot of money came from the Auckland Council because it was inside the Auckland Boundaries. Well, Hampton Downs is outside the Auckland Boundaries and is in the Waikato Authority. But there was promising talk that we understand between the two to see if something could happen. But also government money uh, is needed because it does take a lot of money to put on events. Anyway, long story short, it's not there. How upset are you that there will be no supercars? They had record crowds at Pukekohe this year. It was amazing. It was such a fitting farewell to the track. And it does generate a lot of economic dollars. But it would appear... Nothing, just like that. I tried to talk to uh, Josie Spillane and get a uh, at least an understanding of where they were at as far as Hampton Downs potentially being uh, one of a, a track that they could use, which was an obvious one, to be fair, but it does lack a few things. But the owner, Tony Quinn, cannot keep pouring millions and millions of dollars of his own money uh, just to make everybody happy, and that's fair. And there are government funds that you can go to to get the money back. MBI, uh, who help on this, they came out and their statement was uh, this from their manager of New Zealand Major Events, uh, quote, major international events generate significant economic, social and cultural benefits for New Zealand, she said. The Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment has previously supported, quite previously, uh, the V8 Supercars events with $2.2 million over five years from the former major events development fund and will continue to liaise with event organisers to consider how the government could support the event, returning to New Zealand in the future. Well... Why not next year? What was going on? So obviously there has been a communication breakdown or simply a funding breakdown and there is not enough money and they don't want to spend the money. Once again, something that makes people happy and it's not going to happen. What do you think? Are you upset? Are you peed off about it? Should they have worked at it harder? 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. Ed uh, from Tolo Gabay is sitting on the line right now. G'day, bud. Hey Stephen. Hey um. Well, I, I want to start off with um. I heard you talking to this guy on um stuff by Smitty, and it was all about um. He took um took you on in soccer, Ailey, and um he's from um Huntley. And that was one of the funniest ones I've ever heard, man. When you when you were giving that clip to him. Oh. Do you remember that? Yeah. Gosh, that's that's what a couple of months ago, right? Oh, yeah, not long ago, but yes, that was so funny, man, especially when you you started saying, um, oh, you fellas go drag racing in Huntley? Oh. And the fellow goes, oh, yeah, 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 we just try and get away from the blue and red life behind us. <laughs> yeah, so so here's a, here's a question for you. No supercars. Does, does, it, does it worry you? Does it upset you that there'll be no supercars next year? Well, it's a shame, man, because, man, we've got the champ. We've got the champ, SVG. We've got the champ, baby. Damn, three-time champ, but, we hey, do. But, Stephen... I wanted to change subjects now to go to the Warriors. Fine. Fire up, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. So one of my nemesis when I was playing league for Altar was this fellow called Tony Tumavavi. <laughs> the chief. Yeah, you know, he, we Good all man. started off. I started off at Altar, and he started off at Ponteby Maritime with uh, Via Bloomfield and a fellow called Martin Stanley. Yep. Way back. Anyway. So then we became enemies when he played for Mount Albert and I was playing for Water. Yeah, he well, Mount, Mount Albert, Mount Albert, they're just they're mad. We don't talk about the Mount Albert Lions, you know, the Mount Albert Mafia, right? Well, why? 
Because oh, okay. they're the mafia, but, mate. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's my nickname well, for we them. We used to hold our own against them. And then uh, we became teammates in the Auckland team mm-hmm. for a few years there. We won a couple of national championships together. Yeah. And then he made the Warriors. Whack it. Oh, look, the chief, the, the chief was, A, one of the nicest guys, but also he, was, he wasn't Flash, but he was tough. Oh, tough, mate. Oh, yeah, bro. But um, under 16s, man, I beat him in the um, top tackle for Auckland. Man, okay. What are you doing with yourself today? Yeah, but, well, um, oh, I uh, just finished work. and Just finished work? School. My bubble was sick. Yeah, well, I'm a 2.30 starter in the morning. Oh, gosh, what do you do? Truck driver. Oh, fantastic. What, so what, what, to, what's I'm you... down at the airport and we just go and pick up freight from the planes and our first load is at four in the morning. Where, where, so where, where is that? At Giz- at Giz- at Giz- at Giz- Where's Tolaga Bay? No, 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 man. Oh, no, sorry. I'm from Tolaga Bay. Yeah. But I, I grew up in Auckland. So oh. I'm up in Auckland working. Oh, okay. You, go, you, you can't do That's that That's why I played for Auckland. Auckland no, okay. And I also played for the New Zealand schoolboy Kiwi. You miss your footy, right? What do you think about the Warriors next year? Oh, well, hopefully they got rid of all that hassle last year. Man, with that fellow um, taking 700000 off them for a few oh, days. Oh, stop picking oh on Matt God. Lodge. Stop. You know what You know what, annoy, you know what annoys me about Matt Lodge? And, uh, well, it actually doesn't annoy me. It annoys me about the Warriors. He goes over and get, plays under a coach, and a coach discovers he's actually a handy player to have, and now they're just struggling to register his contract because the, their collective agreement between uh, all the NRL players and clubs hasn't come to an arrangement. So he's sitting there on 1000 bucks a week, poor bugger, uh, and uh, has, hasn't got his contract. But that's what annoys me, right? This, how many, yeah. you and I could name 10, 20, 30 players that have walked away from this club, the Warriors, and gone on to play oh, better, wow. better football. The one, you know, the one that really sticks oh, out oh, for hey. me? Do you know the one that sticks out for me? Yep. Uh, Siwa Tokiaho. Well, this one was from Water. Well, there you, well, there you go, hey? So, so the. And, so, and Manu? Oh, can we say Manu? Yeah, of course you can say Manu. Whatever. What, what about Ruben Wiki? Yeah, well, see, now here's the thing. Here, okay, so well, we're not even discussing what I was talking about. That doesn't matter. Here's something I want to ask no, you the question. Do you, consi- do you consider, because this, this is a good pub chat, do you consider oh. Ruben Wiki a Canberra great or a Warriors great? He's an Altara Scorpion great, bro. And <laughs> but you didn't answer my question. Okay, okay, okay. He's a Kiwi great over all those ones. Yeah, okay, fair play. Because I'll tell you this right now. He was a Canberra great. He was not a Warriors oh, great. Oh, yeah. Okay. F- no, oh, you, no, he was Canberra, bro. He was in his prime there, bro. Whoa, there young you Bro, you know when I was at school with him, hey, he used to do backflips and stuff when we were at Kapahaka. Yeah, like, well, and he probably, he probably do, he's still doing backflips. He's ripped like a ripped like anything. Hey, mate. Oh, um, yeah, bro, he's got a... He's back in Ottawa now. I've got his wiki, wiki gym there. And L- all the boys are going in there to get workouts. Mate, listen, listen, listen on Sunday afternoon after one o'clock. I'm going to talk to Sean Johnson, okay? And uh, oh, yeah. you can we'll, get, we'll have a bit of a chat about pre-season and post-season, what he's looking forward to. How about that? Deal? That's cool. That's cool, Ben. All right, man. Hey, it's always a pleasure no, talking to you, pal. You, hey, stay safe on those roads. Chirp, chirp, all chirp, good. Chirp, okay. Head from Bay. Well, that really didn't. Uh, that went all, all great. I love the chat. Just so, so if you okay, if you're not going to buy into the questioning line today, look, I just had a text from Josie Spillane from uh, from Hampton Downs and Highlands, and I asked her the question. Uh, I'll tell you actually. I'll tell you the question I asked her was: Are you surprised no supercars next year, or did you already know? Was Hampton Downs genuinely in the hunt, or was it government money not forthcoming? Quote the response: It's just timing. I'm sure they'll be back. So not willing to commit, but that's fair enough. At least we have got an answer. Out of it. So, are you angry that? Are you angry that the supercars is not coming back? 
Oh, by the way, I apologise. It is the Czech Republic, Craig. Thank you for reminding me. Yes, it is the Czech Republic, not Czechoslovakia, who are involved. And that's the first game for the Black Sox on telly. And to answer this question from Marshy, uh, the softball is on telly, mate. Go to Fakata Māori, Māori Television. It is on there. They... I don't know how many games a night there or a day they're showing. I had a look at the schedule and it looked to me like they're showing uh, there's like a two-hour block on a Saturday and Sunday night and they keep doing it there. There could be others. I think they're streaming quite a bit. There's 50 games and they've, they've got to stream them somehow. So it is on Fakata Māori, Māori Television. I'll just quickly go to Saturday and check it out for you just just so we're all we're all on the same. Men's Softball World Cup, there we go. And it is at uh, 1.30 to 3.30. Okay, one thirty to three thirty this coming Saturday afternoon. That, that was Game One, New Zealand versus the Czech Republic, and then I can't find it anywhere else. So you'll have to check on their website to see how many games they are showing live. But it would appear they are showing a block, uh, one game a night for the. It's about ten or eleven days. There's fifty games, so there are places for it. So that's uh, what you can look forward to. What's the time? Uh, Twelve fifteen. Take a wee break. Come back, and we'll uh, bring up another subject. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. We're kind of in for the Staffanator today. He'll be in Palmerston North tomorrow, a little bit of an OB. What's Kieran, what's he doing in Palmerston? Oh, so Sam, can you put your, your heads on, your microphone on? What's he doing in Palmy tomorrow? What are you doing in Palmy tomorrow? Clunk, 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 clunk. You there? Come in, Stephen. Come in, Stephen. We got the big. Um we got the big slog sweep tomorrow. Thanks to property brokers out of Palmy. So uh, a lot of big names uh, down at the, I don't want to say the Palmy domain, but it's like a summer area with a very nice cricket ground and a lot of big names there, including guys like Ross Taylor. Um, Staff oh. was throwing out a bunch of big names yesterday and it's going to be great. We're going to be uh, broadcasting from the sort of pavilion and uh, we're just going to be getting the players as they basically throw their wickets away oh, and okay. uh, come off for a quick chat. And um, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. All right. Okay. The big slog. The uh, slog. Log sweep, I think it's called. And um, I just also probably need to say this publicly because it gets talked about a lot on this show. <laughs> I hate flying. Me and Ray Warren. Do you have an issue? Me and Ray Warren, yep, uh, share a lot in common. That's one of the things we do share in so, common. Um, oh, so and are you driving down? No, no, I'm flying. But, you know, I've just had a lot of anxiety over the last few days given the weather situation across New Zealand. And I looked at the forecast this afternoon and there's going to be a few gusts around the Auckland airport, so um, just pray for me, please, uh, at around about 5 o'clock today. Just, just spare me a thought. And, I, can't, uh, I, I, I feel for you. I've sat, I've sat next to a woman who wasn't really flash with flying, and all you do is just... You, what you want to do is sit with someone who can, who can talk to you like this in a nice, soft tone oh. and say, Sam, it's okay. If we crash, I'm with you. Do you know what? Funnily enough, I actually feel more comfortable. I, and I've had one example of this when I was flying in America, I think from Chicago. I had a lady next to me who was like 10 times worse than me. And that actually made me feel better because I was like, okay, that's totally irrational. And now I sort of feel a bit more confident in myself. I wouldn't handle someone doing what you just did. It would make me more nervous. Oh, oh thanks. So so my, my, my idea of being the nice guy and talking like this is, is not acceptable. No, not on a plane, Stephen. I wouldn't, I wouldn't stand for it. Um, I think that actually could be a proposition, Stephen. You could take that to Air New Zealand and say, look, you know how they do the headphones? full-time job. Like a carer. No, like no, no. With, you know how they have the headphones on the plane and the, with the screen? You should, we should just do one like a little one that sits in the back of your seat, and if you're freaking out, you just plug it in, and it goes, good afternoon, good afternoon. how are you? This Stephen is Stephen McIver. And I just want you to know that 
it's okay to fly with Air New Zealand despite the enormously ridiculous prices you're paying at the moment. <laughs> but please don't worry about the fact that we're leeching you at the night out of the mm. wallet. Be no, but please know that it's a calm and safe environment. Now, the, now have the, a cookie. Yeah, and what you also have to do is you're going to have to record a couple of emergency messages. So you're going to have to be like, you yeah. may have noticed that the right wing is on fire. Do not panic. This is totally normal. If you do die today, if you do die today, just take solace in the fact that your family will get a very large payout. Enjoy yes. your flight. Yeah. We're going down. <laughs> that is that is that is so. I'd wrong. be on board with that. Actually, I'll yeah. pay extra for that. Oh, no, you don't want to pay extra. I couldn't believe some of the prices here in New Zealand are charging at the moment. Just to, to, to domestically, they're saying, "Oh, it's going to get better." We put more people. I'm going, man. Yeah, but you're just reaming people at the moment. I tell you yeah. that right now. Twelve twenty-four. Okay, so Sam is going for the big slog. That's good. I'm hoping Sam comes back happy and not jittery. Uh, Stephen, you can thank the pink gin-swiggling knobs at ATR for ruining hundreds of thousands of people's fun. Uh, they can't find one stand there at the race meeting, and when Ellerslie is back up and running, they will sell every scrap of land at Pukekohe Park they can. Head in the sand tosses who are only worried about getting suited up and puffing their chests. Ignorant buffoons. I love that word. Ignorant buffoons. That's what we're talking about. Well, yeah, well, Pukekohe Park, uh, they're already selling some of the land already where I know for a fact that the land at the end of turn one, if you went off at the end of turn one, or that land where they have a lot of the lower classes parked is already sold for housing. Gone, done and dusted already. Yeah, so, and they're going to build, because the racing club are going to build another oh, 300 or so stables, so... No comment from me there. Uh, so PJ from Tamuka says, Stephen, Josie Blaine must be listening. She does a fantastic job there. Great Tamuka girl at Highlands. Yes, she does. And he goes, stock up on those sun hats. Josie will be in the Gibson Valley this weekend. PJ, all right. Gibson Valley, you know what that means. Good old wine country. All right, this is uh, Midday Madness, which has gone a little mad when you think about it with what we've just been talking about, with talking softly to you to make sure that you're okay and those calming, influencing voices. But here's something that really I, I'd like to know what you think. Alrighty. All this protesting at the FIFA World Cup in Qatar, what do you make of it? I'm like, okay, the idea of a protest is to make as much, get noticed as much as possible. And if you're going to make a, make a protest, fine, do it at the FIFA World Cup, probably the most watched sporting event in the world, right? But you've got to remember a couple of things, one thing here. You're going into someone else's country and they have rules. It's like going to someone's house. If you walk into someone's house and say, can you not smoke? You don't, just, you don't just then go and light up, right? So how about everybody just changes their attitudes a little bit and, and shows, I, look, I, am, I am, have no issue with why and for what they are protesting about. None whatsoever. I'm in the camp. But let's not sour a really good event, a really cool event, just to try and do what you're doing, because I just, I'm tired of it. I am tired of it. Uh, do, do you, are you happy every time you go into the, watch the FIFA World Cup, someone's doing something, like the Germans putting their hands out over their mouths, saying, oh, we can't say anything, so we'll do this to, you know, remo to, to constantly draw attention. Is that the right thing to do? Or do you just want to say, hey, look, Leave it outside the stadium. Do it elsewhere. But can we just enjoy the footy? Because the footy right now is actually pretty cool. When you think Japan go and beat Germany today, ha-ha, 2-1. Saudi Arabia upset Argentina. I would like to know what you think. Do you think this whole like, protesting about Qatar has gone too far now? Can we just concentrate on the footy? Because 
if you if you upset and you didn't you wouldn't why would you go then you know do you go because that's the right thing to do because if you're that upset don't go protest in, in another way but I know that doesn't work like that because when you want to protest you want to do the big stage and but you know do you do you risk points uh, matches being all that all that stuff you know what I'm talking about. 0800 150811. It's 0800 150811. Cookie says, hey, Stam, be careful you don't stay in long to Palmer. You could end up growing another digit. Hmm. How about a joke to ease the nerves? Like the noise of a plane landing on a trampoline. Roy goes, boing, 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 boing. It's not bad, actually. It's a very good dad joke. <laughs> i got a dad joke for you. Do you want to hear my dad joke? This is the one dad joke I've got, right? And it goes like this. It's pathetic. But I'll give you my dad joke, all right? Son, tequila's not going to solve all life's problems, but it's worth a shot. Bada-boom. Uh, recommended viewing for Sam's air crash investigation on Discovery. If you're going to face your nerves, go all in. I just need to say how terrible that joke was before we uh, continue. <laughs> I've actually told a, I've actually told a, um, an airplane joke to staff before. It might have been on air, and I'd like to tell you it now if I can, Stephen. You it is a dad joke. Oh, my God. Now, um, if you haven't heard it, <clears throat> and it was only about a month ago, so feel free to tune us out for the next uh, two no, months. No, but, no, no. Come on, get on with it. So, uh, <laughs> I'll use your, your name if I can, Stephen, in the joke. Um, so Stephen McIver um, is sitting on a plane uh, bound for Palmy. Let's just say bound for Palmy and uh, flying out, out of the Auckland Airport. And uh, about 20 minutes into the flight, 40-minute flight, um, little ding-dong comes over the speaker and the pilot comes on and says, uh, G'day, folks, um, just uh, letting you know that uh, we've actually lost one of the engines, one of the four engines. Um, but no need to worry. We're still, you know, there's not no danger, uh, no threat. Uh, we're just going to be, you know, 20 minutes late or so getting to Palmy. That's all right. Everyone sort of goes back to their business. Ten minutes later, another beep comes over the loudspeaker. Um, the captain comes on, says, uh, G'day, folks, Captain again. Just letting you know uh, we just lost uh, a second engine. But once again, don't panic. Don't jump out of your seats. Um, but we are going to be getting into Palmy about an hour late. Um, Stephen's sort of like, man, this is, you know, it's getting a little bit out of hand here. Then, uh a third beep comes out about 10, min- 10 minutes later after that. Guys, we've lost the third engine. Um, and look, I know what you're thinking. We're going down. Uh, just keep your wits about you. We're still on the air. We're still going to get to Palmy. We're just going to be about two minutes late. Stephen turns to the guy next to him and says, gee, I hope we don't lose the fourth one. We'll be up here forever. <laughs> That should be in the Irish book of jokes It's half past twelve It's Harness Racing New Zealand Pacing for Purpose Season 2 It is 12.32, time for uh, our, our tips, right, to see if we can make some money for charity. Is that right? Yep, that's right. So every week we take a look around the uh, harness and greyhound tracks and try and find a tip for charity. So our charity is Butterbean Motivation. We're actually doing quite oh, well. Brilliant. I'll actually have to uh, check on the update. But last time I checked, we were leading. Let's hope we can keep that up. So every week... Sammy Hewitt uh, picks a greyhound and a harness horse oh, to go around the track. One of the greats. Uh, one of the greats, Sammy charity. Hewitt. So uh, since uh, <laughs> Sammy's promoted me up to the big chair here this week, uh, obviously he's flying down to Palmy a bit later on today. All the best for the flight, Sammy. Uh, but so I thought today, I said, Sammy, park the bus. 
let me have a look. And so I've gone through uh, the TAB and I've gone to find our tips for the week. So I'm going to start off with a harness horse. Right, so we're heading to Geraldine on Saturday. We're looking at race number two, Stephen. Mm-hmm. I've oh. really liked the look of number 12. Really like I have, the look. And let me tell you why. His name is Denny. His or her? Sorry, didn't actually all check. All day diner. Uh, Denny, yes, that is right. All day and all night. Grinding hard, uh, Denny. Uh, very what? nice trial ahead of debut. What, and it, it looks Denny like grinding nice, hard? No, it's Denny. Denny is grinding hard all day and night to get out there on the track and win some money for Butterbean Motivation. Absolutely loving it. Loving it. Loving it. So, loving yeah, so it. Denny has, has had a very nice trial. I don't know if you've seen, Stephen, uh, been following along with Denny, the harness horse. Had a very nice trial ahead of yep. debut and looks nice. So, uh, Blair Orange. On uh, driving the horse today, and Ken Barron will is the trainer who's uh, who's hey, got Denny to grind away. Ken Bar- <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Stephen. What I'm going to do is I'm going to button. Yeah, I'm going to push, push a button. button. I'm going to say the dad joke for you. <laughs> it's the Great Greyhound Race in New Zealand Charity Run. Well, we move on to a... Moving moves today, like yeah, 60s. Here hey. How you doing? Here comes Kieran. Outside, he's dressed in nice tailored tucks. Sorry. <laughs> this is our greyhound for this week. Oh, All right. Now, yeah. I know you've, uh, you're have you going to catch up with Mark Rosanowski yep, in a minute. Uh, but I thought... Careful, I know he's going to give you some that. tips, all right? So I'm looking, and he, is he at Cambridge today? He's calling at Cambridge today, I've found out, uh, but he's, we're going to talk about Palmy tomorrow night. Yeah, okay, but I know that today at Cambridge, come race 11, he will be shouting number seven Majestic Legend. Coming in first like, place. Like yourself, or is that Sammy Hewitt, Majestic Legend? No, nah, I thought, yeah, I thought a bit of homage to Sammy. The, uh, the majestic, yeah, legend. majestic legend. Yeah, uh, Sam Hewitt, the majestic legend. I like been, that. Yeah, been contesting very well uh, against some very good fields, so it's going to be tough to roll. Uh, paying a dollar sixty short to win. So those are Greyhound and Harness Charity picks. Yeah, for the I'm week. really happy that's going to Butterbean Motivation too. Uh, Great the, bean, the Bean's a good guy, and I've known her for a long, long time. And the work he does, and I think I've said this to, to someone before, the amount of work he has done to actually get the government to open up their eyes. And do things, and I think he's just he put on uh, his socials the other day. He signed a contract with one of the government departments to to supply whatever he does, as in motivational, uh, physical, and healthware, and the whole nine yards. It's he is he is one of the the good New Zealanders who thinks of others before himself, and and all 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 kudos to him. He's also turning into a very good speaker around the place. Well, he just and when you think of his background, and the background is a, is a not a great background, and he he and he will tell you the background. It's tough. Not as tough as this dad joke. If a plane, if a plane is so safe, why is the destination terminal? Mm. <laughs> it's a bit morbid. Uh, Stephen, oh. actually, just quickly, there you're talking about uh, majestic legend. Was it majestic legend or legend majestic? Oh, majestic right. legend. Um, I just want to know. Um, I was thinking how we could come up with a greyhound name if you were to say purchase shares in a greyhound yourself. What what you would call it? And I've uh, just pulled something up here Big on my show. screen. So, no, 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 no. Um, when, what month is your birthday? May. May. Okay. And what's your favourite colour? Um, Ferrari red. We'll just go red. Um, so your uh, your grey your greyhound name, Stephen, uh, will be Electric Lemur. How the hell do you get Electric Lemur out of that? Just don't don't ask questions. That's that stupid. Electric Lemur. That's your greyhound. I'll do one for you, kids. When, when's your birthday? What month? February. February. And what's your favourite colour? Blue. You are smooth steel. Oh, you 
know what? It's not a bad name. You know what? I actually quite like that. Yeah. Why does he get the good one? And myself. Oh, here we go. Wait for this. One. Wait for this. Blue's actually my favourite colour as well. So Bl- I'm. Blue's I'm, your favourite colour. Uh, what date's your birthday? January. So I'm Moon Steel. Moon Steel. Yeah, Moon Steel. So we've got <laughs> Greyhound Brothers. Smooth moon, Steel moon, and Moon Steel. Moon Steel. And of course the Electric Lemur. <laughs> electric lemur. That is pathetic. It's growing on me though. <laughs> electric lemur. Well, pick another pick another colour, and we'll see if we can give you something else electric. Um, purple. You are electric fox. Yeah. Electric He'll take fox. that. He'll take I'll that. take the electric Josh fox. Josh Adokar. What do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? What? <laughs> Sophisticated. She's just go to the brakes here, and I'm tired, man. <laughs> Fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. 12.43 with Stephen McIver in for Staffy. 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. Or you can text me on the Timber Bedpost text line on double eight double three. We've got some uh, dad jokes coming in. It's turned into midday dad jokes, which I don't mind. Like, uh, like I asked my dog, what's two minus two? He said nothing. <laughs> Come on, give me something for that one. Donald, hey, how are you? Yeah, Stephen, how you doing, matey? <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, i got a stupid one for you. Okay, go. Knock, knock. Knock, knock, who's there? Uh, Bumblebee. Bumblebee who? Your bumblebee cold if you don't pull your pants up. <laughs> Thanks, and, mate. Uh, <laughs> hey, in regards to your supercars. Oh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really care if they don't come uh, to the North Island. Why? I live in the South Island. Well, I live in the South Island. We don't see them down here. So, yeah, but uh, you see them on the tellies. It's not about that. It's not about where it is. It's if they've got to ha- come back. It's just an important part. We've got so many Kiwis that have done so well on it. We've got a Kiwi that's the three t- th- a defending champion now. You know, we, it needs it needs to be here. It needs to be here. But it'll come back. Don't worry about that. So yeah, okay, I don't mind travelling a couple of hours by car going down south to see them. Or, yeah, or, but the, there's, or, there's, or, there's, no, there's no tracks there that I would consider... Suitable. You could say Ruapuna and Christchurch, but you got to look at the facilities that surround it as well. Teratonga is way out of its depth, um, too far away as well. So, yeah, it is what it is. Hey, um, hey, Donald, what you did... tell the boy races that? <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, Donald, what did the zero say to the eight? Pass. <laughs> that belt looks good on you. <laughs> okay, thanks, mate. Appreciate that. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. I'm sure you can do better than that. In the meantime. <laughs> Let's get busy. Thanks to Greyhound Racing New Zealand to talk to our man, Mark Rosanowski, who's going to be a busy boy tomorrow at Palmer's North. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, g'day, Stephen. We are going to be busy. Um, Ten race card, and normally we have 12. The nominations are a little bit light, but uh, the meeting kicks off just after four, and um, we're sort of all done by around 7.30, so it's a a nice quick meeting. But we've got some really nice greyhounds on show because we're only a week out from... One of the bigger meetings of the year at Palmerston North, so we've got sort of um, dogs having a bit of a shakedown for some big races next week. Sounds weird when you say dogs having a bit of a shakedown. <laughs> it just doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> but they love a good shake. Uh, but, um, <laughs> yeah, kind of like a, a final a final hit out. I mean, <laughs> the great thing about the dogs, Stephen, is that they um, 
you know, they're not ridden by jockeys or anything, and uh, that's that's no disrespect to the jockeys. But what I mean by that is they just go out and try hard, right? Yeah. So it's not like you can just say, oh, just hold back and do 90% because the big race is next week. They're just going to go hell for leather. So shakedown's probably not the ideal word, uh, really. <laughs> they're going to have they're going to have another run, and they'll run hard. Yeah, normally, normally when you think about shakedown, a dog's getting out of the water and shaking all the water off, right? It's, it's just one of those things. It's sort of, I'm a dog owner. I'm not a greyhound dog owner, but I, you know, it's just one of those things. You think, well, okay, a dog's shaking it down. Look, what can we look for? to tomorrow probably the best race of the night at uh, 6.49 and it's a race where greyhounds will be having their final build up for a $30,000 race the next week over the 457 metres and it features uh, dogs like Federal Infrared and Home, Hometown Hero and they are dogs that ran second and third in the New Zealand Cup the $100,000 rich race down at Addington uh, which was the feature race for the greyhounds during Cup Week and they've come home, and they both had a race last week, and Hometown Hero won in Federal Infrared for only the second time in her life, ran out of the money. And um, it was a bit of a shock because she was a, a red-hot favourite. But uh, the Lisa Cole Kennel have reported that she's actually OK. She didn't begin all that well, and then she sort of ran into the back of another dog, and she wasn't able to recover. So she should be 100% again this week. Um, she's drawn box five, which is a bit tough, and Hometown Hero's drawn box three. So... They um, are going to be a couple of the leading fancies for next week's $30,000 feature. But there's some good up-and-comers in that race, too. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got um, dogs called Carry Street and Big Time Super that have both won four in a row. And they've won against lesser opposition, Stephen, so it's going to be a whole heap tougher for them coming up against dogs like Federal Infrared and Hometown Hero that have proved themselves to be sort of among the best in the country. But... That's what's exciting about these races for me is those ones coming through the grades and you're not quite sure how good they are. Can they compete at the top level? And we're probably going to find that out about Kerry Street and Big Time Super tomorrow. You've opened the door for me a little bit here because I'm really intrigued about how you know a, a dog is going to be a good dog, you know, a good runner. Do you, what, what characteristics do they show when you see them coming through that you know that they're going to do that every time they get out of the box? Yeah, to start with, Stephen, it's probably times. Uh, so times are kind of everything. Right. And the overall time that they can run for 457 metres. And then also the split times that they can run. So we get split times on them. So a run to the first bend, which is really important because being in front of the Greyhound race is obviously a good place to be. Um, then the split to the second mark. Some dogs have got you know, just a bit average out of the boxes, but they've got really good second phase acceleration. So their split to the second mark can be really good. And then the run home, so we sort of sort out there which dogs are the strongest, which are the ones that are running through the line, which dogs kind of need to be in clear air. Now, times give you an indication of what they might be able to achieve, but of course, as they get up the grades, it gets harder and harder, and that's like when we see dogs like Carry Street and Big Time Super tomorrow. All of a sudden, they're going to come up against dogs that are the very best, and the thing is, are they actually able to compete at that level? Running time's one thing, but when you get to the top, you actually have to run quite often in amongst a field because all the other dogs are as good as you all of a sudden. And that's when you kind of learn, okay, so a dog's fast, yeah, that's great, but does it need things all its own way? Can it only run that time when it's in front? And these dogs like Federal Infrared and, and, and Hometown Hero, they can do that little bit extra. They might have a couple of dogs in front of them, but that's okay. They've got the ability to sort of change their ground at speed, go around a dog, go under a dog, do the right thing. We call it track sense. So initially it's times, and then it's about whether they can actually compete when they're in the ruck, so to speak, when they've got a bit of traffic around them. 
Wow. Yeah, well, I've, I've learned something more today. Well, that's good, mate. I appreciate that. And I know you've got a busy day today at uh, Cambridge, so I'll leave you alone. But thanks for that. And uh, have a cracker in Palmy tomorrow night, mate. Thanks, Stephen. We will. All the afternoon delight you'll ever need. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. It is 12.55. Delight's an interesting word to use this afternoon because I don't... Look at Kieran's face when we're playing this Midday Madness, which has turned into Midday Dad jokes. Uh, I don't know how delightful they are, but, you know, I got fired from the bank the other day. Uh, someone asked me to check their balance, so I pushed them. Oh, come on. That was a good one. I like I, I, I seamlessly put that into the conversation. I feel like it might be my age. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Do not play the age no, discrimination well, like, just, card I here just with don't, me. I just don't feel like – I can't speak for Sam, but I just I just don't think I'm you in did. that sort of dad joke zone. <laughs> you were laughing before. Come oh, on. It was, it was, it more, my delivery? It was more you make, laughing make, at yourself make, was the best bit. <laughs> See, look, it's hilarious. They're, look, they are good jokes. But that's because that's what dads do. They love their own yeah. jokes because they know no one else is laughing it's at them. It's all part of the game, isn't it? <laughs> the love of the sport. Oh, man. Okay, what's got more letters than the alphabet? What's that? The post office. Some of the, just, I'm trying to decide with okay, all of okay. these if they deserve the bottom or not. Okay, okay. What, is, what, what, what did the baby corn say to the, the mummy corn? What's that? Where's popcorn? Okay. All right. So Kane's text us in on the temper bed post text line. Sorry. Uh, double eight, double three. Come on. Why was six afraid of seven? We got seven, eight, nine. Please tell me you've heard that one before, right? No, I haven't heard that No before. Yes, way. you have. That's, yes. I don't believe that for a second. That is. I have not heard that. That joke's as old as time. I'm pretty sure Plato came up with that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> That is old school. They came up with that one before they even knew what the numbers meant. <laughs> I have not heard that, boys. I have not heard that one before. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one. Okay. Uh, two sheep in a paddock. One was called Steve. One was called Roger. Steve goes to Roger. He said, Rog, mate, do you know I've been shorn three times in one week? And Roger goes, that sounds like a yarn. <laughs> Sorry. It's just so silly. <laughs> well, it is called the sports entertainment, right? <laughs> uh, this might not be your sort of entertainment. Uh, this is good. This is Rory's take this one in. <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> uh, speaking of colours, I stole a rainbow once. Ended up spending the night in prison. <laughs> <laughs> So that gets a big joke. Rory's legendary. That, that was a Rory good one. I think it, I think it's it signals me I'll never be a stand-up comic because you've got to have timing and delivery, right? My my I think my delivery might be poop. You know, I don't know. I got a, I got one I really want to tell you, but it's quite. How long do we have, kids? Yeah, plenty of time. Go I don't on. know how long. Well, um, you got a minute thirty until. Go on. We got to get out. Get on with it. Go on. How long is uh, this nah, joke? It's, it's very, it's quite long. Oh, can't truncate it. Oh, you can't. Part of it you, is, you're teasing is the us length now. of it. Come on, Sam, you've got two minutes. Come on, I'll, come I'll, on um, go, go. No, 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 no. I'm going to do it after, no, I'm going to do it after um, news. St- start. <laughs> no, no, we're too busy after news. You have to do it now and give us the punchline. Oh, okay, quickly. Go. Um, 12.58. Okay, nah, it's good. Um, go. So, boy named Kieran, um, he was born to... Uh, 
two parents, obviously, who uh, who loved him dearly. Um, the problem was Kieran was obsessed with tractors, absolutely obsessed with tractors. And uh, his first word was actually tractor. And they gave him toys, um, all sorts of toys, but the only one he ever wanted to play with was a tractor. The parents thought he'd grow out of this, right? For years and years, all he said was tractor. Even when he was eight, nine, ten years old, tractor, tractor, tractor. When he got through high school, all he wanted for his birthday were presents tractors. That's all he wanted. And uh, the parents started to get worried and thought, maybe this guy is, uh, he's never going to break out of this. And they were worried he's never going to find a partner. And uh, he wasn't going to do anything with his life. Well, he was about 40 years old, Stephen, still obsessed with tractors, when he met a nice woman. Her name was Sandra. And all of a sudden, uh, he asked his parents um, if he could borrow some money to go to the movies with Sandra. And they were dumbfounded because all they'd heard about was tractors. Anyway, um, he says to them, nah, I've moved on. And uh, Sadra is now my new obsession, and uh, I want to take her to the movies. They go to the movies, and uh, halfway through the movie, um, the fire alarm goes on, and um, there's a big fire in the movie theatre. Smoke starts billowing in. Everyone starts making their way for the exits. The fire engine show up, and uh, Kieran's just sitting there with Sandra. Do I not have enough time? Yeah, 30 seconds. Time. Okay, 30 yep, seconds. so he's just sitting there doing nothing, and everyone's running around, and Sandra's starting to panic because Kieran's just sitting there doing absolutely nothing. She looks at him, what, what's going on? He said, it's all right. I'm an extractor fan. <laughs> That's not even funny. <laughs> it's one o'clock. Mark Sorensen, Black Sox coach. Dad, but probably tells better jokes than we do. Coming your way right here on SENZ. <laughs> on a Thursday afternoon here on SENZ around New Zealand on the app or the SEN app in Australia, wherever you are. Hey, g'day, how are you? What are you doing? It's a busy old time over the next ooh, two weeks at least for 12 softball teams because the 2000, I think they'll be calling the 2021 um, Softball World Cup takes place at Rosedale Park in Auckland starting this weekend and the seven-time world champions Black Sox open their campaign against the Czech Republic. No mean, no, two very, very good teams. Uh, the boss of the Black Sox joins us now, Mark Sorensen. Nice to talk to you again, Mark. Hi, Stephen. How are you doing? Good. You don't seem to be the sort of guy that would tell a dad joke. <laughs> would you tell uh, a dad joke? I, I probably need a dad joke at the moment to relax. Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. <laughs> here's, okay. Here's one for you from a listener. All right. I'm gonna. Here's your relaxing dad joke. Did you hear about the two cannibals eating the clown? One said to the other, hmm, does yours taste funny? <laughs> yeah, that, that was a muted yeah. laugh, mate. Excellent. <laughs> Probably hasn't released a lot. <laughs> uh, let's 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 talk about uh, your Black Sox after that tournament in the pre the warm up tournament in Palmerston North. Have you seen enough to know you can challenge? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we've 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 had the campaign as part of you know in three stages. One was our, our training camp sort of week. Uh, we, we really worked the guys hard. Uh, one was our build-up week, which which culminated with the tournament last week in, in Palmerston, and they still worked really hard during the week, and then we played five test matches over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, we went well in a couple of games. There were a couple of games we were off. Uh, you know, there were there were factors that contributed, and and if we sort of balance it out and we we look at it objectively, um, you know, a couple of things we've got to adjust and and address, but. You know, we're, we're sort of there or thereabouts. And, and the one thing that won't be lacking uh, come Saturday uh, when we open up against Czech is, is motivation and energy. So that was something that sort of came and went over the weekend. When You know, it's pretty tough when you're playing three games a day. And, you know, that's ultimately about nine hours on the job, which, you know, is a big, a big stint to stay mentally in tune all the time. Um, but one game a day starting Saturday, and, and our boys will be ready. Yeah, what are your work-ons, mate, from what you've seen? Well, it was more a little bit... We took a few too many strikes at the plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we weren't quite aggressive enough. Um, so what the flow-on effect from that is that we don't get our runners on base, and we know that when we get 10 runners on base, we're going to score four runs. Um, so we, we only scored four runs once, four runs, minimum four runs or, or more once. So it relates back to our aggression at the plate and, and taking the game to the pitcher rather than the opposite way. Um, so that certainly was a work on for the offence and, and for our pitching it was uh, leader walks, uh, which which were a concern factor last weekend. T- uh, tell tell those that don't know what is your what's your offence pitching staff look like? Um, who's your number one? Who's your number one pitcher? Lean athletic guys with two arms and two legs. Is, is that not what you're talking about? <laughs> How's that for a dad joke? Yes, <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad actually. It's very good. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, now I'm getting into the mood of it. Yeah, you're, fu- you're a funny guy. <laughs> uh, so we've we've got um, we've got three pitchers: um, Josh Pettit from Wellington, yep. Daniel Chapman from Auckland, and Pitarona, who is a North Harbour boy. Yeah. Uh, so Pitta doubles as a as an infielder hitter as well as a pitcher, um, and they they you know they're all big strong guys that throw hard, yep. but bring different uh, different pitch combinations to their repertoire. Yeah, that, that's uh, who is you know, who would I know? I, I suppose it's very hard to answer the question, but do you consider one of those your lit number one pitcher? Well, Daniel and Josh go in as our as our two, you know, as a two prong approach, and then Pitter is the guy that we're looking for to to be our reliever because he brings something a little bit different than the other two. Uh, has a world class change up, so you know, Daniel and and Josh will will lead the staff, um, yep. and then we'll look to bring Pitter in. Uh, and, and relieving situations. Uh, who's your catcher? Because that's the one area that I, you you got to you got to be on point. Yeah, we got two catchers as well. Uh, Tawira Bishop, who's from the Potiroa Club in Wellington, yep. and uh, Cam Watts, who's from uh, the PCU Devils in Christchurch. Do do you feel you're strong across the board? Do you, I mean, a lot of coaches like to, like to talk about balanced squads. A lot of a lot of uh, coaches then, but also like to have you know stars in the NFL. Where do you look at the when you look at the squad? You say, no, this has got a a nice balance. And I know just quietly, if this person or these people combine well, we're gonna we're gonna make some noise. Yeah, that's that's standard coach rhetoric before an event. Oh and then wow, after maybe I should event, maybe uh, I should join the team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh look, our um, you know from Black Sox teams of the past, and I'm probably talking you know, in the last ten, twelve years. There's been a lot of power yep. that the team has been built around. Where I think we're more of a contact hitting team now. You know, so putting the ball in play, we've got a lot of speed. Um, you know, the guys work really hard on their conditioning over the last sort of twelve, eighteen months. So. You know, the, the one base you can't steal is first. 
Um, so, you know, we need guys getting on base, and when they get on base, we're, we're looking to cause some havoc. Hmm. Who's your biggest threat? Who is the biggest threat? I was quite surprised, and maybe I shouldn't have been surprised, at how, how strong Japan looked. Oh, they, you know, they're a solid team, you know, and in fact, they've probably had our number over the last, uh, I won't say last couple of years, because we haven't played for three and a half. Um, we only four, played our first games last week for three and a half years. So, yeah. I mean, the, the the Japanese are a solid outfit. Um, you know, there's this, and it showed last week in Palmerston that, you know, the six teams there, it's all really competitive. You know, between um, Australia came out, on top, beating Japan in the final. Um, you know, we beat Australia. Uh, we beat Argentina. Um, Argentina, the defending world champs, I think only had maybe one win over the weekend. Um, you know, Canada's there. Um, Venezuela's tough. Uh, the USA. You know, so there's legitimate five, six teams that will be in the hunt and competing for for the title. And, you know, it's the old... It's the old cliche, you know, it's, it's one game at a time, getting into a routine, getting on a bit of a roll, and then, you know, circling the wagons and, and hunting like a pack. Okay, uh, one final thought, H- home diamond advantage. Got to go Got to go some gotta, of the way to helping, right? Got to be worth a run or two, I think, yeah. you know, and we've got to use that um, and not look at it as a, as a you know, intimidation factor. Yeah. Uh, we've got to use it as a as a resource because they've, they've done a massive job at... Uh, you know, reshaping Rosedale Park and it looks magnificent. So, you know, to to get that stand full and the people in behind the boys in black, um, it's got to be worth something. It's got to be worth. Okay, one final dad joke for you. All right, so you can try and release some of that built up tension ahead of the, of the weekend. Two pilots coming to land at the airport and the captain says, "Jesus, runway is short." And the co-pilot looks at him and says, "Yeah, but look how wide it is." Okay, that wasn't that wasn't the <laughs> wasn't the best one. Hey, Mark, as always, it is a pleasure. Go well. The best of luck, buddy. Thanks, Stephen. Nice to chat. Yeah, likewise, Mark Sorensen, dad joke and trainer. You know, training. I'm going to train him to eat dad joke. That, that was from a listener, by the way. And by the way, can I just say, as bad as you thought it was, Kieran, Leanne from Palmerston North says, "I've just spent the last hour laughing." Dad jokes rock. So there you go. It's 1.13. We talk Manchester United next. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. 1.17 with Stephen McIver, 0800 150811 or 8833 on the Temper Bedpost text line if you uh, want to give us your dad best dad joke before 3 o'clock. Uh, Wayne Barton is an English writer who has written 20 books, primarily connected to his beloved Manchester United, books such as Beckham, The Making of a Megastar, and the biography of Eric Cantona called King Eric. He is the perfect person to connect with today over the current mess at Manchester United. Wayne, thanks for joining us. Are you surprised, relieved or disappointed that Man U have ripped up Ronaldo's contract? Um, yeah, a little bit of a mixture of everything, really. I'm disappointed with the conduct that he showed because I think it was unnecessary. Surprised by the timing of it and uh, relieved that it, it was dealt with pretty swiftly, to be honest. Um I, I think there's a number of things, a number of things um, that came out with the interview. I mean, we all knew that, it, well, we all suspected that Ronaldo's time was up at the club, and, and nobody I know was really 
that disappointed to see him go. I mean, disappointed in the aspect that he's a club legend and you don't want to see it end like that. But we all sort of accepted it, it would be inevitable since the summer, really. And um, so from that point of view, we, we everyone was kind of accepting of it. I think it's just the way that he's done around it because there's no real reason for him to do the interview um, but I, I do want to say that, you know, the club do get a lot of criticism for the way that they handle a lot of things. But I think that they've handled this situation very, very well. I think they've backed the manager. And I think um, in this situation, because the manager's the most important person and he needed to be shown to be backed, um, I think they've done the best thing that they could possibly have done for him. Don't you think Ronaldo did this deliberately to get the release? Absolutely, yeah. I think it was done to instigate the exit. Uh, what I don't understand is what, why he did it in such a way to burn the bridges as badly as he did, because that part of it did seem unnecessary. By all accounts, the club were quite willing and quite happy for him to go in the summer, so long as um, and they weren't even looking for a big fee for him if, if they were looking for one at all. And um, it, it wasn't the club standing in his way of an exit. It was Ronaldo's deliberate choice of wanting to go to a Champions League club and nobody wanted him. So that's not the club's fault. They weren't standing in his way. Um, and I, I guess if they, if he'd have put this um, proposal to them informally, it, you know, over the last few weeks, if he'd just said, look, can we just terminate the contract in January? I don't think even then the club would have been that disappointed. So, yeah, it's, he could have handled it much, much better. And uh, to be honest, I... I I have a little bit of sympathy for him because when the sound bites came out before the interview, because obviously there was a lot of speculation about what was going to be in it, and then when you watch the interview, um, I, I do see a person still struggling with what he went through earlier in the year, and I wonder how um, how much clarity he's got and how much headspace he's got. But obviously, he's wanted to leave the club. Um, he wanted to engineer that exit, and you know he's got it. I just wish that he, he would have handled it better. Well, it's done now, and the question remains, where will he go? Does he stay in the Premier League, or does he go elsewhere? Does he go back to Europe? What What is the feeling? What's your understanding of what's going on? So the, the club who were sort of making the biggest noise about going in for him just before the end of the window were Chelsea with their new ownership structure. And I don't know how true it is, but there was a little speculation that the new owner there had a little bit of conflict with Tuchel and that was part of the reason why he went. So um, it could be revisited in January, but there were some stories a little bit earlier today saying that that's not going to be the case, that, you know, they've looked at it again, they've revisited it and they're not willing to go in for Ronaldo at this time. So I don't know, really. I mean, one of the things that will be interesting will be to see how he does in the World Cup because he... His team will be hoping that he, he uses the platform to make himself look like the most lucrative free agent, um, which I think might be a bit optimistic. Um, there was a talk that he might go back to Real Madrid for a few months because of Benzema's injury. Um, that, that seems a possibility, but even the, the talk of him going back to Sporting seems unreasonable at this moment in time because of... Um, of the fact that they are building a team for the future. They're not just building a team that can accommodate a short Ronaldo farewell tour in the same way that Manchester United went uh, a year ago. So 
Um, I, I don't think anybody really truly knows uh, where he's going to go, not even Ronaldo himself, which is curious to say, you know, the, the decision that he's taken at this moment in time, um, considering that he probably doesn't have a definite exit, does seem like a big gamble on his end because um, United are still the biggest profile club in the world, uh, regardless of the troubles and trauma that they've been through over the last few years. And he's definitely going to be taking a step down, so it will be interesting to see where he goes. Ronaldo in his prime was sublime to watch. He's not in his prime anymore, is he? Do you think it's someone struggling with the fact that age is catching up and form is not as it was? Yeah, I, no, I think that's a really good point. Um, I think that uh, I, maybe I question the people around him, maybe even the pe- the people at the club who... Uh, you know, back in, in the day when he was at United, people really did stroke his ego, but they had the right people around who knew how to get the best out of him. And what he needs at this moment in time, or what he needed at United at least, was someone to put an arm around him and say, look, you can't do the things that you once did, but you've got all the talent and you've reinvented yourself a couple of times in your career, that you can do that again at United and still be useful. Um, I don't think that those people, or, or he has people like that around him at the moment. They, you know, obviously you could see from the Piers Morgan interview that he was saying, "Oh, you're still the best," and everything like that. And you know, I've enjoyed watching Ronaldo. He's thrilled me for years, and I even enjoyed watching him back at Old Trafford, breaking the records that he did over the last year. But he's clearly not the same player that he was, and it, it's not going to do him any good if he doesn't realise quickly that he's not the same player that he was even five years ago. That a massive difference in the way that he plays, um, a massive difference in the way that a team has to accommodate him. I'm not saying he can't be a valuable player, even at the top level, because he's got such tremendous experience. I just think that, yeah, somebody needs to sort of give him a reality check. Um, and, you know, it's strange that he seems to be protected from that at the moment, and maybe, maybe it is pride coming before the fall. The other issue that surrounds Manchester United is that now it would appear the Glazers are going to put it up for sale. Uh, Liverpool, it seems, is on the, on the block as well. Do you think these owners have realised they've made as much as they can out of football and there's no more to make? Or it's just too expensive and they don't want to keep spending money? Yeah, again, probably a bit of both. I think they've reached a crossroads with United where Maybe they were hoping that the European Super League would um, be more straightforward than it has proven to be. And obviously they would face a massive backlash if they reneged on that decision, you know, to possibly enter it again with the talk of it rearing its head. And then it becomes a, a matter of how much more money can they make from United and how quickly are the debts that the club are servicing um, going to affect the, the day-to-day performance. And we've reached that we've reached that point in time, really, because they're going to have to start investing a lot more capital in order to, you know, make the improvements that United need to make, the infrastructure, the training ground, um, and the the stadium itself. And this is before we talk about the, you know, the, the staff, the playing staff and all that sort of stuff to keep the club competitive on the pitch. There's a lot of um, moving pieces in there that I think they've reached this moment in time where they felt, well, we simply can't, we don't have the collateral, we don't have the, the finance, the ex, you know, the expendable money to be able to put into the club to make those kind of improvements. And um, they, at the moment, they're still a massively um, valuable 
asset in terms of being a sporting brand. So they can still make a ton of money based on the fact that they never paid a penny of their own money to, to take United over in the first place. So this is probably the best moment, the best possible moment for them to get out. So are they asking for unrealistic money or is Middle Eastern money going to buy another Premier League club? What is the early talk on this? Well, the earliest talk has been the possibility that Jim Ratcliffe could come in. He's a Boyhood United fan and he's got the um, he's got the capital to you know to take over United. And that's the speculation at least. Um the politics over who, you know, if it is a state or if it's a, a Middle East consortium or, or something along the lines of the, the regime that took over Newcastle and Manchester City, I don't think um, those kind of rumours sit, sit really easily with many Manchester United fans only because there's, a, you know, there's obviously a lot of political controversy um, with that. United, even being taken over by Jim Ratcliffe, they don't really need massive investment from outside. The only thing that United supporters have ever really wanted is for the club to be self-sustainable. It's the, one of the biggest profitable clubs. When it, when it's allowed to stand on its own two feet, alongside Barcelona and Real Madrid, it's the strongest sporting brand in football. So it can survive by itself and it can compete on its own merits. You know, no club has got a divine right to win trophies. No club has ever survived a transition completely intact in, in that they don't need to evolve. So United will need to evolve and they will need those kind of in, improvements and financial investments around certain areas of the club. But we're not, I mean, most fans aren't asking for, you know, billions of pounds to be put in in the same way that Manchester City had it. Um, they just want the club to be able to thrive by itself again. So um, the, the, the most encouraging talk is that of Jim Ratcliffe because because of his um, previous love um, that he's declared of United and his previous interest in, in buying the club. And I think anything other than that, when we're talking about the Middle East or other consortiums of that nature or other potential buyers of that nature, um, would probably induce some uncomfortable conversations and you know things that we'd have to confront. Well, maybe there's one final thought on this one. Maybe uh, any prospective buyer should allow the fans to buy in. Yeah, I, am, I know that that's been talked about in the past. I think it was around the time uh, just before the Glazers took over, there was uh, there was discussions about you know a, a share, um, some kind of scheme put in there that supporters could buy a number of shares, and it, I think that earlier. Attempt was done to design. It was designed to protect the club against that kind of takeover. Um, but not enough supporters, I think, anticipated how damaging that could be to the club. So I think this time around they obviously would, and I think you'd see a massive oversubscription in that if you know if that um, available if that's something that comes available. Then I think you will see supporters really take that option up uh, as much as they possibly can because of, you know United now have such a global brand and everyone's so aware about the ownership and the travails of the ownership that the opportunity to be a supporter who's on board with owning a piece of the club and having a say in the future of the club, I think that would be something that would be very interesting and popular 
you know, around the world. It would be a very smart move. Wayne, thanks for your time. Uh, enjoy the rest of the season quickly. Who wins the World Cup? <laughs> um, maybe Japan by the, the, the start of the day. I, you know, I don't know. Spain were very impressive. Um, England, do you know, England, I might stick to my... Um, I'm not going to go as far as to say it's coming home, but England looked really impressive in the opening game. They've got... Um, I don't know what it is about Southgate because outside of tournament football, they don't look really good or really impressive, but inside tournament football, they do. There's... What I really liked about the win against Iran the other day was the fact that there was a togetherness that Rashford and Saka, who had so much controversy, uh, so much stick after the Euros final, were on the score sheet and they looked so happy playing for England. And you know what? It could be their year. It's, it's been it's as, good, as good a chance as they've ever had. Fair play. Thanks, my friend, for your time. Take care. Thank you. One thirty-four on a rockin' Thursday around Australia and New Zealand on whatever SEN or SENZ app you are using. Stephen McIver in the house till 3 o'clock before uh, Rick Dog comes back and takes us through his footy hour, the Phoenix footy hour. Uh, we are going to talk right now, though, the lads and I. The lads and I. That's Karen and Sam in the corner. With lads, the de- lads, lads. The le- what? Lads, lads, lads. It's not a lad. It sounds like we're off to the World Cup on a lads trip now. <laughs> footy, footy. Let's go, lads, eh? Who loves football? Hey, Man Me. United. I love football. Hey. Cristiano Ronaldo. United. 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 Stephen, I was really... Have you two knobs finished? Yes, we have. I was, I was really impressed with <laughs> that. You can't say that, Stephen. You did there, hey, am I not allowed to? No, what, of course what, you can. You what? can say whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. That's bullying. A <laughs> <laughs> charitable offence. Um, I was really <laughs> impressed with that interview that you just had there. And Great it's, chat. Because it's such a weird time in football, and I think the way you approached it, especially with this Cristiano Ronaldo thing, which, besides the obvious location of the World Cup yeah. is probably the biggest story in football that we've seen in the last few years. Well, when, was that a compliment? Uh, after, after, after dissing me on my dad jokes. It was. You, you know, know what? We got through that first hour. I survived. Yeah, yeah, and I, so I just, you know, decided to give got, you a compliment. I got a lot of dad jokes, particularly about retired people, but they just don't work. Ronaldo's not retired, though. Yeah, missed it completely. Do you think he would be? Just missed that joke completely. Yeah, well, Stephen, I told you I'm, <laughs> I'm quite poor when it comes to dad joke behaviour. So he's got 503 million followers mm. on um, Instagram, First or Twitter, or Twitter, whatever, whatever. And uh, he, I think he's number one in the world. And he, so he's going to take up. I don't know what it is about him, because uh, he doesn't look thirty-seven. He looks about twenty-seven. He's still in great nick. I, I think the interesting thing, and you and I talked about this briefly before the interview, was uh, the owners of certain clubs now going. You know what? We're actually making no money out of this because, and I think it's been a conversation that a lot of owners probably do have. Is that the wage bill gets to a point. Now, I think Manchester United had a rule in place where they don't they don't spend over fifty percent mm. of their income mm. on wages. I think that was the case, mm. and if these glazers aren't necessarily you know spendthrift, so that wouldn't surprise me. 
But And then you look at the value of clubs, and this is where it'll, it'll get messier because Liverpool are on the block as well, right? My team, yeah. So the 2022 report on values of club has been released by Sportico. Guess who's at the top? No surprise. And it's all about brand and not just – and people tend to figure, oh, it's just about England. Oh, no, 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 no. Manchester United is a, a monster brand globally. They've got stores all over the world. Manchester United's value in pounds – is close to three and a half billion pounds. So double that, and we're talking seven billion dollars, right? Mm. That's at the level of NFL teams, yeah. and they, they just monk. Second, funnily enough, is Liverpool at just over three billion pounds. Then follows Manchester City, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Spurs, and then there's a huge drop off. So those six clubs, they're they're, they're the bee's knees. Everything else just drops off. So the next most valuable club is Everton at £392 million. Like, it's just like the drop-off is ridiculous. Is this just in the EPL, in the English Listen, Premier League? I'm just talking the EPL. Yeah, yeah. Because I think like a, a big thing for me was a couple of years ago, Barcelona got in big trouble financially. Oh, they, they just spend, spend, spend and probably yeah, borrow the bugger right now. Their man, Real Madrid, uh, yeah. Yeah. And that was the thing that... Wayne was talking about is with football clubs like, and he mentioned Barcelona, Real Madrid and Manchester United, they are all self-sustainable. Like they're the biggest clubs in the world, like millions and millions of shirt sales every year, uh, no matter who they've got in the team. As long as they're performing, the club is run on its own just due to this amazing fandom that they've built up. And I think, like I said to you before, I'm I'm definitely not saying that this is the case, but I think, especially with a lot of the controversy going on right now with with FIFA especially, clubs are looking at these valuations and saying, look, do we have enough to go forward for the next five years with this club before it gets really bad? I don't think so. I think this this is the time right now where clubs will want to sell because I think that this is where they're going to see the most profit for their clubs before football starts taking a massive hit. These clubs lose a lot of uh, lose a lot of their valuation. They have to sell at a point where they don't want to. Glazers is a weird one because they obviously didn't have to uh, invest a whole of amount to take over they Manchester borrowed, United. They borrowed, yeah. borrowed, borrowed, borrowed a, a, a truckload, and the debt servicing will always be an issue for whoever buy, buys them. You'd love to look at the books, the books and see how, how much how much oh they goodness. they did but, buy. Is there uh, Sam? Can you answer this question? Is there a cap, a salary cap? In, in the Premier League, there's the there's the financial fair play regulations, but they clubs circumvent that any which way they can. the The biggest problem, and this is probably the biggest problem uh, criticism of the Premier League um, in its current state, is that you have these big clubs who have far uh, bigger resource and money than clubs that get promoted, um, and they've never been able to work out um, English football. Um, I think when you're in the championship, which is one down from the mm. Premier League, I think you get around about, I could be slightly off here, I think you get around about $10 million for being in the championship from broadcast rights, etc. Yeah. Yeah. When you go to the Premier League, instantaneously $150 million, I think, is what you get as a club for going up to the Premier League. Now, you think of a team that goes up in, in one year, one season, they get that inflow of money, and then... They can't compete with a Man City, Liverpool, etc. They lose a bunch of games and they go straight back down. And this is the problem that those the, the um, clubs that we're now seeing in the second and Sunderland's a good example. That Netflix series, Sunderland Till I Die. 
they get the big budget, so they go out and buy players. And they go out and get extra staff, and they up, uh, upgrade the parking lot, and they put a new stand in, and whatever. And then they get kicked out of the Premier League, and suddenly their budget goes from one fifty or whatever it was down to ten million again. And all of a sudden, the staff go, the players leave because they don't want to play Championship football, and it financially ruins clubs. Yeah, but and that, but you but you also have to go. Well, that's just financial mismanagement. Full stop. It is. It is. But, it is. But at the same time, English football do need to sort out. And there is, I think, they, they're calling it like the promotion relegation support system or something to help you know um, bridge that gap somewhat but I think for, for clubs and it's interesting Kez talking about some of those big clubs that now's the time to sell football in my mind there's, there's two sets and this is very simplistic there's two sets of owners you have owners of somewhat smaller clubs who can make a lot of money by producing a, one or two superstars right because if they can if they can get a guy for two or three million turn them into a superstar and sell them to a big club for 60, 70, 80 million, they've made absolute bank on that guy, yeah. right? Yep. So there's, there's clubs that are there to make money and whether they go up or down is dependent on, that will depend how much money they get. But then these bigger clubs, 100% in my mind, are an ego thing. So you look at the Saudis investing into Man City, you look at um, uh, when um, Abramovich yeah. was, yeah. Um, yeah, no. was with Chelsea. Do, they are not yeah. doing it for money. They are not doing this to make money. And, and Abramovich even said that with Chelsea. Like, they, he didn't make money off Chelsea. He's doing it as an ego thing. They want to control a big-time brand in the world of football that wins titles and shows off their power and prestige. So it's funny when you have those two dichotomies. You've got clubs that are, are trying to make money, and then you've got people that don't care about the money in terms of if they're making a loss. They'll just keep throwing and throwing and throwing money at it. Very interesting sort of divide between the two. And... You know, I think that's that's the problem is that, that clubs who have six hundred million to spend a season versus a club that has thirty million, you're always going to get um, a massive disparity in results. Yeah, it's going to be interesting one to watch. I just I just think it's sad, and we'll we'll, we'll wrap the discussion here because I think one of you is going to do what's making news, aren't you? Yeah. Um, I just think it's just sad that a brand such as Manchester United, which has such a storied history, uh, is allowing itself to get its in this position. But as 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 Wayne quite rightly said, for the first time in a long time, they did the right thing. Sorry, Ronaldo, not putting up this contract wrapped up. We, we could screw you everywhere in court, so see you later. Can I ask you just one quick um, question, Stephen? What yeah. would you rather, um, a, a league that's salary capped, and if you look at some of the North American leagues where it's salary capped, you're constantly getting new winners. Yeah. Um, you don't get super team. Well, you know, very rarely do you yes. get these massive super teams. Or, Players are spread out across the competition. Or is there an argument to a non-salary cap league where you get no. very exciting brands of football from teams that are packed with superstars? Uh, look, I, I think I think when you talk about that fair play thing, it reminds me of the NFL where they have luxury taxes, right? Mm-hmm. They do have it's a, a cap. soft cap. Yeah, soft, have a soft cap. Mm-hmm. And then, because you don't know week to week who's going to win in an NFL game, right? Same same deal. I think that's a better way of doing it. I think I think there's got to be financial repercussions for overspending. I think they've got to have a soft cap. And then I'd be happy with that rather than people just going willy-nilly and, and having superstars and, and basically destroying any other team's confidence of ever making it to the big time. There you go. We'll leave it at that. If you've got some thoughts, 0800 150811. What's Making News is coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. 
What's making news around the world? 1.49, another dad joke's making news. A guy speaks frantically into the phone. My wife's pregnant and her contractions are only two minutes apart. Is this her first child, the doctor asks? No, you idiot, this is her husband. Yeah. Okay. Yep, What's making news? Look, we're trying to get me <laughs> out of That's the whole point now of, of these dare jokes is Stephen trying to make me laugh, really, with my uh, unimpressed face. Stephen, I thought I'd take you through uh, What's Making News and a bit right. of a weird one because the What's Making News uh, legend himself, the majestic legend, as we mentioned before, oh, Sam Hewitt is next to me. So I'm under a bit of pressure nah. for today's What's Making nah, News. No, don't uh, don't the, feel the pressure, mate. Don't the feel king the pressure. amongst men, we call him, our old Sammy. Stephen, have you ever owned goldfish? Yeah, yeah. What, are they, what do you do when they pass? Uh, well, I have flushed them down the loo. Yes. That's, which that's I where think in the leading. end is, is pretty sad. It is. It is sad. But uh, have you heard of that some goldfish actually survive when you flush them down the toilet? They're somehow. Yeah, finding Nemo. Fi- <laughs> finding Nemo. <laughs> got Finding Nemo written all over it. Yeah, Sammy just couldn't stay away. Didn't stay away. Um, that's okay. So, a British <laughs> angler, he went on a fishing trip to France. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a carp fishery. Oh, sure. And uh, he took his photo with a 67.4 pound fish. Uh, just well, it wasn't any other fish, it was a goldfish itself. So, <laughs> you can look this up. And uh, no lie, this man, Andy Hackett, uh, he's 42. He, uh, he won the fishing competition by catching his 67.4-pound goldfish. Apparently, the fisheries have said they uh, expect the goldfish was flushed down the toilet 15 years ago, and it somehow ended up in this lake, and uh, this fish has come in with this uh, competition and uh, won it for our good man Andy Hackett. What would you do with it? They they had to put it back. Straighten out a smoker. (laughs) Would you eat a goldfish, Samuel Hewitt? Have you never had smoked goldfish? Oh, here we go. Nah, Sam, you're... That's just weird. You're thinking of the goldfish that you used to have in America, aren't you? Yeah. The little cracker thingies. Those were nice, actually. Yeah, they actually are quite class, to be fair. But yeah, so the uh, Blue Water Lakes took the photo. The man won the prize, threw it back into the water for someone else to catch. So uh, next time you're flushing your goldfish down the toilet, just uh, keep in mind that could turn into a 67.4 pound fish and come back for you uh, so just be careful about that <laughs> Seven, have you ever heard of Jarvo? do you remember Jarvo? Jarvo. 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 so no. he was uh, Jarvo was the world famous streaker so what he used to do is he used to go uh, what, oh, Sammy you might be able to help me here it was an All Blacks game that he uh, he I think it started with the uh, cricket uh, England India yeah and then um it trans- he found himself at Twickenham, I think, for yeah. the English team, and then he did it with the All Blacks. Just another uh, dressed up, and yeah, no, yeah so he puts up in as full kit, team, yeah. yeah, and he's got Jarvo sixty nine oh, okay, yep, on the back. Um, now, yeah, uh, that's his jersey about, that he right. So uh, Jarvo was threatened with jail time after his uh, after his last streaking incident in England, so he's had to step down. <laughs> in comes the legend Jadeon. He's a YouTuber, Stephen. YouTubers where you can watch videos. People post them there. He's got six I do, million I, I subscribers. Do what, I do know what YouTubers he's, you call. He's got six million yes. subs. So he's decided to take one for the team, and he has returned. So Jadeon has been notorious for going to NBA games, getting his hair cut courtside. You might have seen that one. Going to Wimbledon oh yeah, and getting his hair cut. He got saw his hair cut at Wimbledon. On yeah, YouTube. As well, on YouTube. Yeah. Was, it, was yeah. it a reel? An Instagram reel? It was a YouTube. It was a YouTube. <laughs> it was a YouTube. It was uh, t- 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 Jadeon, I, I didn't actually realise this. I'm a big follower of Jadeon, and uh, it hasn't officially come out yet, but there's been a few leaks on TikTok of uh, earlier in the week, India took on England, uh, and Jadeon is spotted running down the stand with a Javo 69 shirt on and uh, takes the pitch. So Javo has returned 
in the form of Jideon, the YouTuber. Look up his YouTube channel and stay yeah, okay. posted to that. Stephen, I'll hit you with a few quick ones because yep. I've only got a minute left. Kaleidoscope is a new Netflix series that coming out. Okay. That is coming out. Eight episodes, all named after a different colour. The thing is, you can watch the show in any order you like, and it's going to change your perspective on it. Oh, okay, like a prism. Isn't that quite cool? Yeah, like you're getting locked up in prism. Uh, Stephen, I'll give you a few facts. Thank you so much for that one. Stephen, I'll give you a few facts here. Yeah, you'd think with uh, elephants with their enormous ears, that would be uh, how they hear things, right? Yep. No, it's not. It's through their feet. They hear things through their feet. Big I don't feet. Know, 30 seconds. I've got two more for you. Big feet. The sun sets on Mars are blue. Oh, lovely. That's that, lovely. That would be very lovely to look at one yep. day. You Do you yawn often? Yep. All right, me too. Yawns? They actually help regulate body temperature. So you think it's when you're tired. When you're tired, your body needs to cool down, so you yawn to cool your body temperature. Thank you very much, Stephen. Good Thank fun. Thank you. 154. All the afternoon delight you'll ever need. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. A busy little two to three hour coming up before Rick Dog's uh, Phoenix footy show. We're going to have Show Me the Money, the Vault, and also back in the day. And also, just after two o'clock, we're going to talk to former Olympic gold medalist Eric Murray about this group called the Athletics Collective taking on high performance sport New Zealand, about whether and the athlete contracts that they give out are a, you know, are they employees or not employees and the conditions they're looking of making sure that athletes are better looked after. And speaking of fish, you know the fish we talked about that big, that big goldfish a minute ago. I woke up with fish in my ears once. I ended up with a hearing problem. Okay, gets a yes from me. Gets a yes from you. <laughs> News is next. Gull fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz here to get you through your workday. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Past two on SENZ and SEN and the app if you're listening in Australia. We're Stephen McIver in for Staffy Door 3. Rick Dog has the Phoenix footy show coming your way after 3 o'clock this afternoon. There was a, a band called Rush, 1981. A song, Limelight. You don't know Rush. You don't I, know Rush, Stephen. Did I actually say I didn't know them? I just actually came up with a little factoid and now you're questioning whether Slap I knew Rush. Slap of the best, man. Slap of the best, man. Have you seen uh, I Love You, Man with Paul Rudd? Oh, yeah, uh, I love you, man. Is that the slap one? Slap it a bit. <laughs> I'm going to slap you. I'm going to slap you in a minute. It's, uh, that's how I learned about Rush, actually, was through I Love You, Man. Paul Rudd, great actor that he is. is and there's a good scene where they play. It's not this song. It's one of their other ones. And uh, he sort of dances around the room playing the bass. And he just goes, slap it a bit, man. It's very funny. Okay. Great film. 
Okay. Has Sam taken his meds today? Absolutely not, but I did have a coffee for the first time in a year. Saving it for the flight, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, speaking of being in the limelight, in the limelight, in the limelight at the moment is um, this thing called the Athletes Cooperative. It was set up by two of the biggest amateur sporting groups, you could say, in the sense of rowing and, and cycling. Uh, Mahi Drysdale is at, the, is at the head of all this. Uh, it's an attempt to establish an athlete voice mechanism, right? It's basically to ensure that athletes quote, engage in a more meaningful way to make sport better in New Zealand. The crux of the whole thing is that they want to secure better rights and protections for New Zealand's elite athletes, including meeting minimum wage requirements. Now, this was a stuff article today from Dana Johansson, who's a very good uh, journalist, and, or Johansson, 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 tomato, tomato, uh, and they understand, stuff understands that the government's, the high-performance sport in New Zealand, believe that athletes are not their employees, and therefore cannot enter into employment negotiations. Now, you can sort of understand where they are coming from because it's not as if these athletes are professionals. Now, if you're in a professional environment, you're being paid a salary, then you are entitled to uh, be properly looked after, you know, wage conditions, all those sorts of things, salary conditions. But they're saying you're not. Now, it's an interesting argument because... A lot of these athletes do what they do because they love it and they don't do it for the money, but they've got to live somehow. And they can't just simply live on nothing or family handouts and the like. I actually think this is a really intriguing argument they're going to take to see whether or not the, let's say, amateur athletes are actually employees because it will change the dynamic. Uh, High-performance sport New Zealand dole out about just about $12 million a year. Uh, some of the contracts, I, I've, I remember talking to, to some of these rowers a long time ago. You know, they can get they can get forty, maybe forty grand, forty five, fifty grand a year. But if they don't reach their targets that year, the next year they're done. They, they're not going to get the money. So when you look at it like that, you can understand why there is so much pressure, so so much pressure on athletes to perform and if the organisations aren't looking after them then you get to the situations of the Olivia Podmore's of what happened there right Um, and that review into that simply found out that uh, it's quoted in this article that you know some of the it's the high performance New Zealand is just a government funded monopoly a monopoly so they do what the hell they want so it's going to be really intriguing when this one goes to the high court to see what the determination is as to what is an employee and what is not an employee. So Eric Murray won't be too far away here on SENZ this afternoon just to give his thoughts because he was one of these athletes uh, signing contracts. And I'd love to know what he thinks about the contracts that he signed and and the reality of it, the reality of what that contract means in dollar terms, but also work condition terms. I've already had a small chat with him prior to setting up the interview, he says people are going to say, "Oh, it's all about the money." He says, "No, it's not," and we'll we'll get him to uh, confirm that with us shortly. So stay with us, Eric Murray, not too far away. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Two fourteen with Stephen McIver. Eric Murray joins us right now. The double gold medalist and one good bloke is more like Bob the Builder nowadays. Uh, how, how did the house turn out when you finished? It looked good. Oh mate, she's a great house. 
yeah, someone's going to be very happy with that when they uh, move their kids in there and they're swimming in the swimming pool and out on the putting green, you know? <laughs> You're going to miss it? Because I, I watched you on your socials and you spent a lot of hard graft doing that, mate. I did, I did. I have thoroughly enjoyed it, but hey, look, we're on to the next project and that's, uh, that's all that matters. Well, you are just going to be Bob the Builder around Cambridge now, aren't you? That's going to be your nickname. Well, look, here comes Bob, here comes Bob. Hey, uh, let's let's talk about something that I find quite interesting. So uh, your old mate, uh, Mahi Dries, down along with the likes of Emma Twig and Tom McIntosh and Michael Brake and the likes of Sam Bewley and Sam Dakin have set up this thing called the Athletes Cooperative. They're taking on high-performance sport New Zealand uh, in an employment situation to, to try and get a determination of whether or not not, they are employees because it would appear and stuff understands that the uh, uh, the attitude and the opinion of high performance sport New Zealand is they're not considered as employees and many reviews have been done in the sports right and they they've dis- and they've discovered of recent times that you know they look at high performance sport New Zealand quote as a as a sort of government funded monopoly and and probably don't do the the contracts aren't the right way and they don't look after athletes properly so you would have received a number of contracts under the high performance system what were those contracts like and were they fair and reasonable uh, uh, I first of all not not particularly fair and reasonable depending and here it is depending on the level that you were at okay so um, majority of them were uh, contract slash agreement because we're self-employed so it was like asking are you GSC registered so so we're basically contractors to high performance sport um, and you had a an X amount of value whether that was anywhere between I don't know 27 and a half thousand up to 60,000 max which is all obviously everybody knows about it because it's um, it's public black and white um, but then of course you were required to do a lot of stuff for that you know be part of the program be here for for trainings um, you know, no such thing as public holidays. There's no rest period for that, six days a week. So if you look at it in terms of a fair and reasonable um, contract, absolutely not from the majority of it. But you were um, a contractor, think, right? But you agreed to those terms. We did, yes. And But the terms, were the terms fair and justified? We, we questioned them on quite a few occasions. But generally, the conversation always came back, you will not get your funding unless you sign this contract. So what do you do? As an athlete, you sit there going, well, what do I do? And and that was the situation with the majority of the people. Like, we were lucky enough to be the ones getting the 60000 right? So I didn't really care. But then you had a whole bunch of them where, oh, look, he's, he's $32,500. And you're like, geez, okay, that's, that's, that's cool. But I don't know if it's going to mean to me. And that's how it rolls. So this case that the Athletes Cooperative are taking to the employment tribunal, I assume it's going to be, do they have a genuine case? Because you've just said you were, you were accepting and signing contracts as contractors. Do you feel, even in that situation, you were an employee? Uh, the key, that's a key well, determination here, right? There's a key determination, and I feel like the, the issue was there was a lot of requirements, right, like almost to um, an employee stature, right, of you have to be here, you have to do, be doing this, whereas... In a contract, it's like we want you to—I t- want you to tile the bathroom. I'll pay you five grand, and you take as quick or as long or whatever as you want to get it done. So I think that there's a very there, there's a definite grey area, and I think at the end of the day, Steve, the, the whole thing is we have to find and we have to make a change because we've seen it with rugby contracts, um, equality, everything else, and now we're in a position we've got 
um, these athletes just looking for some equality, something that's fair and reasonable. And I definitely think there were some that were fair and reasonable, but well over 75% of it, absolutely not. And 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 then when you got this, uh, you talk about that 75% not being fair and reasonable, then it leads to everything else we, we, we shy away from talking about. Mental health of athletes, what happens then? What are the outcomes and the, and the concerns there? Do you, do you think in your time that your mental health was cared for? Um, I, all I'm going to say about this is, to a degree, yes. Could it have been done better? Yes. Um, I'm probably, and, and I've said it many a times, I'm not the person that you need to be asking that question to because at the end of the day, I achieved all my goals. Yeah. I got everything I wanted to in the sport. Um, but but you a have a responsibility. That, I'm going to jump yeah. in here. But you have a responsibility to leave some sort of legacy, do you not think, to make sure that, yes, you got everything you wanted, but you saw the other side of it, as you've mentioned? Uh, yes, yes. And I think that there is a lot of, there's a lot of things in place. A lot of it is very individually driven. So me saying, hey, can I go and see the psychologist because I'm just having a bit of a, a bit yeah. of a struggle. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, there's a lot of people going, nah, I'm a man, I'll be fine, or nah, mm-hmm. I don't need to, I'll, mm-hmm. you know, I'll just suck it up, whatever. And, of course, as an employer, yes, you should be. Like, maybe we, we should have been going and seeing the, what, monthly? You know, how are you going this month? Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there was nothing like that in the situation. Um, it was it was like there, there'd be the occasional asking, do you need this person? But it wasn't like, can we just get you to go and see them just so that we yeah. can get you, like, a, a, a health checkup, yeah. like a mental health checkup? Yeah. And I think going forward, yeah, like, honestly, you know, it seems to be starting to change. And once we see that change and it's implemented, continuously and, and correctly all around the sports, we'll, we'll be in a good place. You mentioned super rugby, but that's professional. That's a professional sport. You're dealing with sports that aren't professional. And do you think that works against this this case they're going to have a crack at? It, it, it always works against it. Why? Because we taxpayers' money, right? And you've got this, you've got this dilemma where if we can we can start having this conversation what like, like you and I are having right here on the radio. Yep. There'll be a whole lot of people going, yeah, give the athletes more money, and then you'll have a whole lot of them going, fuck, they already have too much. Do you know what I mean? So what are you going to do? Where's, where's the where's the middle ground? Where's the is there a win win situation or is it a lose lose situation? You know, is it is there anything that can be gained from it? And I think a lot of it the, the conversation needs to be had, and then we just have to see what can be made adjusted changed because at the end of the day what do we want we just want better as you said before what's the legacy that we can we can do with the sport and and it feels like high performance sport is right in that cusp right now where we're making good changes in certain areas if we can make it right then could you imagine how it's going to be in 10 years 12 years when we're going to olympics and everyone's in real happy place and we're winning more medals isn't isn't that what we want it's completely what we want do you think it's right that we have an independent athlete body rather than what has been set up and funded by High Performance Sport New Zealand, which is the Athlete Leaders Network? Do you think it's imperative that the Athletes Cooperative uh, stays maintains its independence? Well, the, the, I, I think High Performance Sport has done a great job in, in creating one. But the, the problem is you, you've still got animosity from other people saying, well, the way that we've been treated in the past, how should we trust them? You know, How do we know that it is actually independent? Um, I feel like the independent reviews and everything we've had, which have been completely outside the borders of high-performance sport and their governance, um, have been brilliant. So to me, if it was if it was in that same area, yeah, by all means, high-performance sport 
can create it but run outside of it. But they still have to have, and, and at the end of the day, it's still got to have a little bit of input, you know, because at the end of the day, the government's the one dishing out the cash. So they still have to be able to have a talk to it. Whereas you could have this athletes collective and they're like, oh, we need $180 million a year. And they'll go, well, you're getting 30, you know, <laughs> and, and I know, and yeah, but, but that's, that's the situation. So yep. uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know. I literally, I'm, I'm as fascinated as you are to see how it's going to work. Um, I do 100% think this definitely needs to be changed and be really looking forward to seeing how it works. For you, what would be the ideal funding model? Do you think there is an ideal funding model that will satisfy everybody? I think there is. When you look at you know most business, most sports sort of stuff, you want retainer, right? You want you want enough to have someone go, right, this is, I'm going to commit my time, I'm going to do it, and, and let's go for gold. Um, and whatever that figure is, I don't know, maybe it needs to be around that sort of 40 grand. I don't know. You know, it seems like a, a pretty good area. Um, and then, of course, you've got bonus on top of it. But that's the biggest thing. Are you doing the sport for the victory or are you doing it for the bonus? And that's where you start getting into another grey area. But I feel like that funding model is the best because it gives people security, right? It gives you enough security to be like, you know, if I have a bad year, I get sick at the World Champs or I go to the Olympics and I bloody twist my ankle and yeah. I can't race. You're not screwed for four years, right? You've got, an, you've got the ability to be able to say, you know what, damn it, that was so unlucky or we just something went wrong. I'll make sure it doesn't happen again next time. And you've got that security to be able to do it. Otherwise, the current model is goes, oh, Eric, you were getting 50K going into the Olympics. You couldn't race. So actually, you're down on a negative. You're actually getting no funding. And that, oh, in theory. And, 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 yeah, and that's it. And that's what happens, right? That's what happens. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and that's and, and that's and, Yeah, that's life. All right, mate, I appreciate your time. Do you know any good dad jokes? Jeez, uh, none off the top of my head. Oh, okay. How about how, how about this one? His his his. It's been dad joke afternoon. See if this one works for you, right? Okay. So um, this guy's having an interview, and the interviewer say, "Hey, can you perform under pressure?" He goes, "No, nah, but I can play Bohemian Rhapsody." Nice, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take it, Eric. As always, thanks for your time, pal. No worries, thanks, Stephen. See you, man. Two twenty-five. So, okay. No, you like that one? Did you not like that one, Kieran? <laughs> Was that what did Sam say? Sam just looked at me, uh, sort of with a uh, "Do you get it?" sort of one. It was sort of more of a "Do I understand the joke?" If so, yes, it's a goodie. Uh, I think that's the level that we're sitting at at the moment. So I did like, but that. you understood that one. It you, did. It you, took me a second because I wasn't you, around. It really sort of annoys me. Even with the good ones, you haven't actually said anything good about them. You've never gone, "Ha ha ha, Stephen, that's great." You've done. You've done nothing. I think the bar's too high for me. So I think I might need what to drop do you, the standard. What do you want? A what good do you joke, want, Stephen? I want a good yeah, joke. But there's a couple there, but they're a bit naughty, and you won't let me tell them. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sticking with that. I'm not going to let you tell them because they are naughty. You don't want to get on the boss coming, so you can't. You, you can't be that little grubby little well, boys, right? Yeah. Look, and then my, my other boss is sitting right across from me, Sammy Hewitt. So I've got all the control and power to, to let you read those votes, but I'm not going to. And I'm going to prove that soft. Sam has taught soft, me well. Soft. Hey, uh, we've got a couple of texts in on what we've just been discussing. Uh, 60k is no way near enough at the top level if we want athletes to do more than one Olympic cycle uh, and then athletes should be getting a minimum of the national minimum wage and then tiered up to over 100k like a base super contract yeah I hear what you're saying I think the argument here though is that where's the money coming from right and who are you going to reward 
And I think I think that could be one that I think it's worth discussing. Interesting to note that Eric said, if you have an independent body, you still have to have input from High Performance Sport New Zealand. Fine. But the other part of that conversation, which you would have heard, there's still a lot of animosity. And you know that if that's the only funding model to go and they're going to dig their heels in, you're not going to get rid of that animosity until you get to the table. So uh, that's going to be one that they're going to have to really work on. I, I find it fascinating. I mean, you think about it, um, you know, could you, uh, question for you, Karen. So you're an athlete. And you're probably gonna, have, and you might, you might have to go and go flatting, but but all you're gonna do is train. Is forty grand enough? Look, I don't, I, I don't so, think so. And especially like from me, I think less I tax. Think, yes, exactly. And I think that is the, like Eric said, that is a, a better point for people to say because they don't really understand the the twenty six k compared to the sixty. Like, uh, what I do think, you have I, to I do? Think, I think, well, I think the sixty was the max, and I yeah. think, I think they, I don't know. But I think when you talk about, he said, oh, we always got the 60 because they were highest performing yeah. gold medalists. And they, they obviously have KPIs, KPIs, listen to me, key performance indicators. Look, I sound like I know what I'm talking about. Mm. Yeah, settle down. Um, you know, that met their targets. But as he said, but if you don't do that, money's yeah. gone. The money's gone next time around. And yeah. so it is a really interesting situation. And what sort of might work against them too is that, like he said, they sign contracts. We sign contracts as contractors. GST registered. So are you an impl- But you should. Like, I'm, an, I'm a contractor, you know? Mm. Do I have rights? Of course. Yeah. But it's, it's got to be. But they've got to be written into the contract, yeah. right? And I think that's what he was saying. Yeah. Definitely. Terms of the contracts have not been fair and reasonable, and that needs to be looked at. And it could, look, it could be the situation of sitting down. I like his idea of the retainer. Yes. Well, that's what, Cause, like, cause like said, you, that's what it's all about. It's, and it? that's what you want. In a four year cycle, like like he said, I'll use his example. If he goes out in the second year of the four year cycle, does his ankle somehow, ah well, that's that's me done, right? That's that's what he's saying. We need that support system there yep. to keep our especially young athletes for me, someone who is a twenty year old at, at this day and age, like we need to have that in, in place to ensure that we can actually retain these athletes and bring them forward and champion our champions. Yeah, I mean, it you know, revolves about that one thing, money, 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 money. And, I mean, we know the Olympic committees and the likes have lots of uh, uh, sponsor support and, and the like, but they've also got to run organisations. It's just the big circle, right? But at the centre of it all, I've always maintained, is the athlete. Mm. And if you want to be part and uh, attach yourself to all that glory – Look after the one individual or individuals that are basically the meat in the sandwich. They're the good bits. They're the chewy bit, the yummy bit you like. If you don't, if you're a vegan, okay, it's the lettuce. But what I'm saying to you is that those that are performing and putting New Zealand on the map deserve to be remunerated fairly. I don't know what that number is. We've got benchmarks already set from 25 to 60, 60 being the max, and those would be the elite athletes. Mm. Is that right and proper in this day and age? Who knows? We'll find out. My wife asked me if I'd seen the dog bowl. I said, really? I didn't know he could. <laughs> okay, okay. I laughed at that one. Ah, <laughs> okay. yes. After two and a half hours, I get a genuine snigger. It's 2.30. <laughs> hey, Stephen, just quickly, speaking of money, money, money. Yeah. Show me the money's coming up. Show you the money. That's not so good. Show me the money. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. <laughs> 
I love that. I think that might be go and find Jerry Maguire on Netflix or wherever that is and give it a show me the money. Sorry, it's 2.32. Brendan English is, you know, he's our operations guy. The yeah. boss, you know. Look, I thought since Sam's going away, he's getting ready to uh, take the flight to Palmy. Oh, hang on, uh, is he still in there? Is he still in there? He is still in Sam, there. Sam, just want to say it'll be okay, mate. Think good. Take a little lavender oil, rub it around your nose, you'll be fine. <laughs> he's loving it right now. He's okay. closing his eyes. He's just picturing a... He's gone off to his fairyland. I think his fairyland's the NRL grand final, wherever that... Is, you know, uh, that'll know his fairyland is calling me in our grandfather. The Warriors win it. I had two cranks of that. Never happened. So I'm not gonna. I'm gonna ha- not gonna even go down there. All right. You, do you want to lead the yeah. lead, lead the charge? Look, Stephen. I don't know if you've uh, been involved with Show Me the Money I, before. I have. You have. Okay. So uh, oh, sorry. Well, mate. Well, 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 was was well, I here? Trauma, don't think so. Headphones down all uh, the way. Yeah. Well. Uh, so <laughs> you're the professional. Have a and uh, I know uh, a little fan favorite. B Man is in studio in Sam's place. Cool, B Man. G'day, g'day, team. This isn't my first Show Me the Money either, by no, the way. He's done I'm a Goes. I've done a couple. Okay. And by the way, I would actually hey, be... Look, look at this. Look, look at the confidence with the mic. Eh? <laughs> no, no, honestly. I'm in the studio with the big boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, here I am. Right. I've done it a couple times. All my bets come through. I'm a magic man. That's not true. That is true, That's not true. That is true. From no, that's not true. Show me which one. No, no, I won both. All right, let's just move on. Sammy, sit down, yeah, please. please. You sit Look, down. All right, let's, Sammy, aren't you supposed to be gone? Let's move it on. So what happens <laughs> please, is uh, we all pick a leg. I've, I've looked to the phones. I've picked a random number. I've asked Stephen. Stephen, one to six. Pick a number for me, please. Three. Oh, okay, three. Scott, hello. Hey, guys. How you going? We're good. We're good, Scott. How's your day going, pal? Yeah, good, thank you. It's, it's not raining at the moment in Wellington, which is a positive. Got any dad jokes? Oh, not to top yours, no. Uh-huh. They've had me laughing there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Quote, they've had me laughing all day. I added the all day. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. Look, uh, let's let's move on and hope your bets are just as good as your jokes uh, as the population reckons. Look, let's kick it off with me. Oh, yeah, it's all about you, Carol. I'm going to start because this is my show now, Stephen. Now, of course, it's not <laughs> wow. Stephen, is it? It's our show. It's our show. It's our no, no, show. Oh, look, oh, honestly, take that. I'm, I'm very glad you called it our show. Actually, it's it's the, it is, you know what it is, Seven? It's the big show. It's the, t- Ooh, okay, the well, big show. Right, let's get a bit of, a, of, of <laughs> structure here. Let's get some structure back to right. the show. Okay. Right, sit up straight, <clears throat> shoulders back, <clears throat> right. cross your legs. Yeah. I drew Portugal in our office sweepstake for the FIFA World Cup. Mm-hmm. CR7, Sue, if you will. They're kicking off their campaign tomorrow against Ghana. 5 a.m. It is indeed. Look, boys, uh, a little bit short, a little bit conservative, as we've been calling it, but I thought I'd be the good guy this week. I am taking Portugal outright to beat Ghana at a dollar forty. Show me the Ooh. Not little bad. All right, not not bad. Who do we want to go to next, boys? First one to put the hand. Oh, yeah, pop, it's the B man. It's the B man. He put his hand up. I'm two and zero. Well, I am. I am. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go what I'm comfortable with, team, and that's uh, a bit of esports. Um, my last two. Are, are bits you an esports guy? I like, I watch you. I watch a little bit. Oh, every now yeah. and again. Do, you, do you sit there and talk that loudly? Is that, that the high pitch as well? Like, the, I'm the, really that's what I know. I'm loving this. Sit down, watch a bit of esports, have a bit of fun. So I've got. On with a bit of CSGO um, in the uh, North European League. Oh, I like it. Looking um, at it. I'm going, uh, it's Animo Esports versus 4Z. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm back in what? the 4Z boys. Uh, oh. And they're paying out $1.42. What are they playing? 
CSGO, Counter-Strike. Have you ever heard of it? Look it up, man. Yeah, Educate no, no, yourself. Excuse me. Yeah, my son has played it. There you go. You know, but I just, I don't call it CSGO. Like, I'm not that hip. Oh, you're not, you're not, not down with hip. the lingo, are you? FIFA FIFA? <laughs> the game? The game FIFA? Yeah. Do you call it FIFA? Or is it the oh, Football you... International Federation 23? Oh, have you heard of YouTube? Yeah. You what? Is that the Facebooks? <laughs> or the Snap Snapchats? That's on the lines. Oh, my God. Let's move on. Stephen. Have you got uh, a pick for us? Yeah, I'll, you know I love my NFL, and you know my boys. My boys, Dallas. the 7-3 and three Dallas Cowboys, Yoa, up against the Giants, who are also 7-3. and three. I'm just taking straight one at $1.21. Ooh. Mm-hmm. We're sure. very, mm. very, very good. conservative mm. this week. Well, look, look at us. We're trying to make money here. Let's, uh, mm-hmm. let's head down money. to your hometown, B-Man, yeah. of uh, Wellington. Can't can't be let's check in with Scott. Oh, Scott, yeah. sorry to keep you waiting for so long. I'm trying to keep these boys in order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're doing a good job. Thank you um, can I just ask what they're up to? What it's up to right now? I'm yeah. just trying to yeah. find the yeah. He's NFL doing a good job. He's doing a good job, but hasn't moment. figured it out. <laughs> Stephen, I don't know. He hasn't like actually figured what's Here worth. We go. Dallas Cowboys. 121. 121. They're in there. It is currently, oh, Jebus, $2.40. That's not bad. What's that? Well, but he was asking the value of all the bets so far. Yeah, well, we've got $1.40, $1.42, $1.21, which equals $2.40. What return? That doesn't need to. Exist. No, no, that's what it's at. That's what it's paying right now. Oh, okay. What that one? Does game? that make sense? So no, it makes no sense. Okay, whatsoever. well, if I put fifty, oh. if I put the fifty dollars bonus bet on there, it comes out at one hundred and twenty dollars twenty-seven. Is that, that, is that we, what you want? That's what he wanted, not me. That's what Scott wanted to know. What Scott, it's worth. I'm sorry. Uh, there it's it right, is. He's it's, learning, mate. He's learning. It's, it's okay. Two dollars forty right now. So one hundred and twenty dollars is what we're looking at. Is, cool. Can, can I please? I'll jump on the football as well. Yes. Um, nice. I'm going to go into Brazil, Serbia. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a power play uh, three goals in the game, three cards in the game, and six corners in the game. Wow. All right, let me just let me wow. just holy that. Toledo, great bit. power plays. Say that again. You want three corners, three cards, three goals. Uh, three goals, three cards, and six corners across oh, the whole game. Six corners. Where's that? Where wow, that's okay. that's pretty cool. Paying uh, paying two forty. Oh, fantastic bet, Scott. Paying two forty is that? Yeah. Can I just double check? Is that Brazil to win most shots on target and Brazil most corners? Uh, no, it's just an overall for both teams, so it should be. Oh, for overall. Yeah. Here we go. Each team. Yeah. Whoa. So three three goals in the game, three cards in the game, and six corners in the game. Six plus corners in the game. How much did you tell me that was paying? Two forty. Two forty. I just can't. I just can't find it. Okay, so if it was paying two forty, what would it come up to? Don't, oh, don't ask okay, me. all right. All right, so you've done it. That's cool, man. We'll figure this out before the before three o'clock and keep listening, Scott, and we'll tell you what the whole the whole uh show me the money's worth, okay? Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, all right, mate. Thanks for sharing with a couple of numb nuts. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's rich coming from you, Steve. Yeah, excuse me, you were one of the numb nuts. It's uh two forty. Uh we probably get to uh, go to the vault shortly, so stay with us. Fuel. Dull.nz. Mark Stafford kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. 2.45, Staffy back tomorrow live from what's at the Power Slog in Palmerston North, the little uh, outside broadcast for the lads. They'll be having a, look, a lot of fun, and Sam has nervously walked out of the building and headed towards the airport. Oh, poor old Sam. Anyway, uh, if you want to play... 
The Vault with your chance to win $200 in bonus bets. Get on the blower right now. 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. They are down to three questions now to try and guess the audio. Three questions, but you'll get to ask two questions from yesterday before you get your three. So it's it's that sort of generous move. So 0800 150811 right now. Get on the blower right, right, like right now. If you want to be in to win $200 in bonus bets, that's 0800 1508 It's 0800 1508 You know, um, uh, Kieran, my, my wife just accused me of stealing her thesaurus. Not only was I shocked, I was dismayed, angry, and aghast. Look, that is one of my personal favourites, but I do have to say I have heard that one before, oh. so I don't get the points. But you do get laugh points because the first time I heard that one, I did crack up laughing. Yeah, it took me a minute because I'm dyslexic, this, Stephen, so the word ones I like. Okay, but that doesn't make any sense to me that you can give me PowerPoint for points for whatever. Anyway, uh, we'll get someone on the line shortly uh, for this <laughs> vault. All right, so we started with 10, 5, now we're down to three questions. I think that's how it works. Uh, we are going to let you ask two of yesterday's today's questions and then your three questions all right so if you can remember what those questions were and you go on the draw to win two hundred dollars in bonus bets 10 questions one answer can you crack the vault yeah it's three questions today and that's but that's how it started just to get you going you thought you had 10 you get three all right morgan's in the line g'day morgan yeah, just uh, I hope you are you speaking into your phone. It's a little quiet there, pal. Is that better? Yeah, champion. Thank you, mate. So you get to ask two questions from yesterday, right? Do you remember though what they were? No, I'm going to have to go. Sorry, mate. No, no, don't no, go away. No, 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 no one between two numbers, sorry, between one and five from yesterday's questions, and he'll tell you the questions and the answer from yesterday. Does that make sense? Okay, sweet. Yep. Go so for you it. pick two numbers between one and five, please. Uh, two and four. Two and four. Okay. Uh, number four was a New Zealand team involved? No. Okay. And number two was uh, was it a team sport? Yes. Okay, so those, so okay. it was a team sport, but New Zealand were not involved. Now we'll play the audio, shall we? No, no, we no, no. We that's, play that's the, the name of the game. So oh, the name the... of the game. Sorry, oh. Stephen, I should have done a better oh, okay, job. Okay, okay, no, no, okay, right. Okay, so let's have a crack. Uh, you got three questions. Shoot them off, and let's have a crack. Okay, was it? Uh, did it involve a round ball? Yes, it does. Good start. Wow. Good start. Okay, so it did involve a round ball. Hmm. All righty, that's question number one. you got two more. Um, was it a final of a game? Was, of it, a tournament, sorry. was it a tournament final? No, it was not. Okay. Ooh, that's good. Good start. Bit of a slip in the middle. One more question. Wow, you're sweating on this one. Um, was it a record? Was there a record involved? Was a, re- was a record involved? Yes, there was. 
Wow. But look, that's the tough thing about this game. So he's asked the three questions, but now he's just got to have a wild stab at the dark of what the answer is, so what the moment actually is. Morgan, do you have an idea? Uh, yeah, this is good, Morgan. So let's just remind you that you, you said it was a round ball. Answer was yes. Tournament, no. But was a record involved? Yes. And we know it was a team sport, but there was no New Zealand team involved. <laughs> Whatever, Lash? Um, I'll just, oh, just absolute stab in the dark. I'll just go with Brian Lara, 400. Not out. I don't mind it. What I'm going to do, Morgan, is I'm just I'm standing in front of the vault right now. It's very intimidating. I'm going to punch in that combination and see if it comes out. Let's give it a crack. Oh. Wow. Look, I felt a little chink. A tiny little chink. That's all I'm going to say in the, uh, in the armour okay. of the vault. Well, all no, right. look, I really appreciate the attempt, Morgan. It got me on my toes, got me nervous. <laughs> I'll tell you what, two out of three okay. new questions. Got to get anyone going. Mate, thanks for playing, buddy. I appreciate the time. Yeah. Have a great day. Cheers, you too. Cheers, fellas. Hey, that was good, huh? That was was really good. I thought, hang on, he's got the first one. You can see him go, oh, hang on. And then then, then it opens up all sorts of possibilities, right? Just (laughs) just for those who listen along every day to us playing the vault, I know Sammy won't agree with me doing this, but I'll say one of the days, and I'm not saying it's today, I'm not saying it was yesterday, could have been the first day. One of the days we got surprisingly close out of nowhere. That's all I'm going to throw out there because Sam's going to yell at me if I say anything. He's probably driving home going, no, you can't say that. I won't go. Well, actually, he'll give him something to concentrate on the plane. There you go. He'll think about how he's going to absolutely bollock you on the phone when he gets to Palmerston. It's 2.51. Stick around. Uh, back in the day is not too far away. Oh, it rhymed. How about that? All the afternoon delight you'll ever need. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. 2.56, final dad joke of the day. Guy's lying over someone and the person says, call me an ambulance. Guy looks at him and goes, you're an ambulance. <laughs> I thought that was a good one. Okay, back in the day, November 24. Let's go back to 1984. Sashin Tendulkar, youngest test 50 at 16. How about this? Remember this? 16 years, 214 days. Sachin Tendulkar became the youngest batsman to make a test 50 when he struck 59 in the second test against Pakistan in Faisalabad. Man, could he play? He still can't walk around India uh, without, without security and everything. In 1996, Australian rookie Carrie Webb became the first female to earn a million dollars in prize money in an LPGA season. She won the prestigious Tour Championship at the Desert Inn Golf Club in Nevada. She finished at 16 under, uh, 272 four ahead of Kelly Robbins, Nancy Lopez and Emily Klein. And to think uh, Lydia Ko just won, had a $7 million year. How about that? Birthdays today, turning 80, Billy Connolly. This one I love, though, 1963, and he's turning 59 today. Phil Blake, former Warriors, scored the first ever Warriors try. So the Warriors now with Alexander. Calling the tune! Taiwan! Taiwan! Comes inside! Oh, great ball! Blake! Phil Blake! He gets the try! But Taiwan! What a magical 
magical piece of football. And a magical piece of coppery too, Rebs. Uh, 1955, he turns 67 today. The great former England all-rounder, Ian Botham. And in 1991, born today, turning 31. Happy birthday, Richie Stanaway. He was with Murph and the old Boost Mobile wildcard in Bathurst, and they're trying to get him a drive next year, and supercars aren't even binding. Anyway, on this day in 1988, guess what the number one movie was? It was called Scrooged. Wow, that was number one in 1988. Mind you, it was the 80s. A lot of good things happen in the 80s. Big hair, big shoulder pads, cool music as well. And that's where we're going to leave you today with some cool music. So uh, thanks, Phoenix Nation's coming up. But the number one song in 1988 on this day was Bon Jovi and Bad Medicine. Get out of here. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.